Ladies and gentlemen, it's the 250th of Podcast Girlfriend Episode Spectacular! But this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. Yay! Halfway to 500. 250! Yes, One fourth away of a thousand. I know. Look at us go. (laughs) Yay! And we're still not behaving. No. No, we refuse to. We refuse. We refuse. We always refuse. Never. Cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about! We came, we saw, we kicked its ass! Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Conversation anyway. Hello. 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 I am a Kendall Richardson. I'm Ophelia Kantar Major. And I'm getting too old for this sort of thing, Marco Lister. Because <laughs> we're 250. Because we're 250. Yes, yes, we're a pile of dust recording. For this is Red Day Productions Podcast, and I can't even... I'm so out of it. You're now experiencing but, a podcast called Fred. <laughs> you're experiencing it, and it doesn't really behave, does it? No, no, my brain... How can you go crazy? It's only the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Mm. I know. Yeah. (sighs) Good. I've derailed the show already. (laughs) On a Sunday. Yeah, you. Sunday. Sunday. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Fulia. Yes. What have you been watching? Uh, Not as much as I thought I would because uh, this week's been uh, busy with other things. But the one thing that I do that I will say that I did get a chance to watch was um, I finally found out that Netflix uploaded the um, first five seasons of Young Sheldon and I was quite behind on season five. So I still had about maybe six or seven episodes left to that season. Um, mind you, I still also need to catch up on the most recent season, which was season six, and that's not currently up. Um, so, but at least I got to watch the last few episodes of season five that I've been waiting to watch for a very long time. <laughs> nice. And that was like a year and a half ago. Um, so I haven't really been keeping up with a lot of the shows that are currently running uh, on just other American TV channels that we don't get here in Australia. Um, so I'm still needing to find a way to watch some other shows like my favorite drama series. Uh, but haven't been able to find a do that, find a way to do that yet. Um, and yeah, so managed to watch, uh, the last few episodes of season five of young Sheldon. Uh, and that's pretty much all I really watched this week because, um, a certain game kind of came out early this week. <laughs> So, so what you're, we what you're do saying not speak is, its name. <laughs> so what you're I've, saying, uh, I've I been a bit consumed. Yes, I should have. I should have asked you, what have you been playing? Playing uh, more, more well, accurately. Um, let's just um, say I kind of started playing a certain <laughs> wizard game. Yes, uh, an untitled wizard game. Yeah, yeah. don't show it, especially on stream. <laughs> 
Um, and I got the deluxe edition, which, but the JB exclusive deluxe edition. Oh, did you get the pins? came with the pins. Oh, uh, nice. They look They're great. They're so pretty, aren't they? Very pretty. I like them. Yeah. So, uh, I got that and I started playing as soon as I got it. And when I first started playing the game, I got a little emotional. <laughs> oh. Because it just made me feel good um, being able to be part of the experience and actually be a witch. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I had chills all over when I just when I started playing the game. There are like references to the films in some shape or form, even though it was set back in the 1800s. Um, So a lot of the things that I'm experiencing are not exactly the same as what we've seen or read uh but um it's still it's still a, you know the same thing the spells are there so we go in there we learn the spells and stuff and um you know there's the forbidden forest that i have yet to go into because i'm scared to go in there because i know what's in there <laughs> I know what to expect in there. <laughs> expect in there. Uh, yeah. Some half giant sort of fucked it up. Mm, uh, and then, yeah, just, just the whole experience of it all so far. I am just, I'm in love with it. The fact that I, I get to see my, um, you know, I get to be sorted, even though I didn't have to worry about that because I linked up my wizarding world, account um so that it gets the details from that so that i can get my house and my wand my wand is is exactly the same as well so i actually get to see that in action that's kind of cool like i I know right uh wow (laughs) um i mean i did change up the look slightly um in terms of its appearance just like color wise um but other than that it's exactly the same uh and i haven't learnt how to how to do the patronus spell yet but once i do i hope i see my patronus and that's just gonna make me cry (laughs) you're making me emotional oh gosh (laughs) so um i've been i've been playing that yeah i've just been really consumed with with, with the game and, and watching all my friends play it as well and get really giddy about it as well because it's also part of their childhoods as well. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, been, it's been really awesome to be able to play a game uh, that's been in the works for so long. Yeah. And it's about something you've grown up with. It's a story and a, and a whole world that you've sort of went through teenagehood, childhood with. So, um, yeah, I am just very happy this week. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. That's what I've been watching and playing. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, Thank you. Michael. Hello. What about yourself? What have you been watching? Well, it's been my um, birthday week, and as well as my uh, happy birthday! What? What? Happy happy birthday! (laughs) Ah, (laughs) been late. It's okay. It's always next to you. And I've been uh, playing my um, 
a birthday gift, which I got myself, because apparently my little girl want, wanted me to pl uh, play and her to watch and play, uh, well, watch me play, uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. Yay! Yeah. Do you yeah. like it? Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? It's easy as fuck, but it's all good. It's so, it's so much fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of up to level th uh, eight now. so Nice. Pretty much halfway. So, and been collecting all the booze. Hey. Uh, yeah, so that came out 28 and 19. So, I think so. Yeah, so. Yeah. Four years, not bad. Uh, usually good for oh, my it's track okay. record. I, I literally finished playing it last year. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, for Halloween. What the hell? you got to go for the scary ones, not just... <laughs> hey, no, it's not you scary. want me to play a Halloween game? That was my Halloween game, all right? <laughs> Mario and Luigi all the way. <laughs> roll my eyes. Roll, roll. Yeah, so I've been playing that uh, majority of the week, and... Because it, it, it's quite easy because, you know, <laughs> and also like looking after the kids as well. It's like, hey, let's, hey, let's, what, let's watch um, Luigi's Mansion and me play. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like, I like that deal. <laughs> you're, you're pretty much, you're pretty much their live streamer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Live as live. Uh, yeah. Live on stage uh, playing a game. And yeah, my little girl also got a, a game as well for her birthday because she wanted to watch it. Uh, Mario Ball, as she calls it. Uh, what's it called? Mario Strikers. Yeah, Mario Strikers. Oh, the, yeah, the soccer one. Yeah, she wanted. Yeah, she okay. wanted, So she played that for a little bit. Nice. Uh, and she also got Peach Lego as well. So it's all Mario. Oh, cute! Nice. All the Mario. Yay! Yay! And yeah, and we'll be talking about Nintendo later on. Um, Spoilers uh, for the following podcast. Uh, yep, and also throughout the week, I watched the, the season three of Legend of Korra. Uh, yes, I'm much like this one compared to last season. Uh, um, I prefer this en uh, this ending to the other two because there's actual consequences. Uh, <laughs> It's still a little bit frustrating, the, the stuff that they choose to do. I mean, the ending for the second one is like, oh, cool, so the whole world's changed because now they need to live uh, coincide with, well, spoilers for Korra, but uh, live alongside uh, the spirits. And it sort of, um, and at the end, it sort of gave me um, PTSD for um, Fallen Kingdom, uh, Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World. Two, of of someone's uh, only one person's decision to change the rest of the world. It's like, yeah. hey, we could do that, and it's yeah, like, okay. oh, yeah, but I don't like you either. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh uh, dear. So I was expecting that, but they went a completely different route, and there's not really much consequences from the previous season so uh but what they had was the the villains were sort sort of what i would have liked in the first season uh and may maybe yeah it's it, a bit weird and uh, a bit frustration as well but uh, i much prefer the 
the ending as well. And it's weird that it's called The Legend of Korra, but I'm much more invested of the other characters than actual Korra. Uh, like Tenzin's um, uh, journey throughout this one, uh, mm. where he, he was sort of si- uh, sidelined in the previous season. And, yeah, and starting up a, an airbending class, which I did not agree with, of, of, of Boomy suddenly can airbend. It's like, no, you, you are the character that doesn't, that can't bend, but you can still, you can still, like, achieve to be not a bent. He's, uh, he's like the Xander of the Avatar universe. <laughs> well, I was, I, was, I was thinking more to do with, like, um, like the opposite of uh, uh, Last Jedi, where where anyone can be a Jedi because everyone's got midichlorians and it's like everyone is everyone's special in their own way, including people that don't have that ability. And it's mm. sort, sort of like that. But mm-hmm. no, the first twenty seconds is like, oh, he can airbend now. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Uh, anyway, but yeah, and uh, and the last season next week. So I'll be watching all that and uh, and my last last impressions of the, this uh, this uh, frustration but somewhat entertaining uh, chapter of uh, air bending and yeah so overall Yay, overall bad. it's okay I mean it's <laughs> not it's not my favourite but it's okay. Um, yeah, and also I watched, and this will probably lead to what Kendall's going to be talking about as well, uh, Last of Us. Uh, they dropped yep. two episodes in one week. God damn it. Um, thanks to the Super Bowl. Yeah, fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> Just because America has a holiday doesn't mean we need to can Wouldn't suffer. you have rather it be that way than have it being pushed back, though? No. No? Same day. Because not everyone watches the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, but a lot of people in America do, so that's why they push it. <laughs> I, get why, I get why they pushed it. I'm okay with them moving it forward, but it's like, Mike, you know, you, you, you almost didn't have time to watch it because of, you know, your busy week. And, yeah. And I, I, was, I, was, I was looking after a, bir- a six-year-old's birthday party and it was like, oh, this dropped. But I need to go to work in the morning. I <laughs> so I watched it at work. Wrong decision. Ah, <laughs> uh, hindsight. You're a bitch. Um, yeah, the first episode was re- was really good. Um, uh, just introducing uh, our uh, characters into a new world and it being o- overrun by a-, a resistance. It's like, yes, that's cool, but it's sort of a um, uh, an animal farm sort of situation. It's like. Are they the best people, though? And, yeah, and this episode where we get introduced to um, what we were expecting to be fellow travellers for Ellie and Joel to go to Wyoming. And, and yeah, I really enjoyed this episode, uh, this, uh, the second episode, too. It was, it was a good action-packed sort of adventure, and, and we get to see clickers, like, going full hog. It was like, rah, sweet. And that little girl clicker is like, eh, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> and you can sort of tell that that stuff was practical as well, like like her, like in in the car, like coming after Ellie. Yeah. But and it's like, yeah, that was really great. It was really it was really good. And it's like, oh, with ten minutes left. Oh, 
okay. And here I am sitting in the staff room just watching it with my with my headphones in. And in the last 10 minutes, god damn it. <laughs> you had to do a fucking Dawn of the Dead, didn't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those characters aren't going to be with uh, uh, jo- <laughs> with Ellie and Joel. Uh, yeah. Why? Please, why? <laughs> why? Why? Did, why did you do that to a little little boy? Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. God damn it! Why don't God you go to full hog? Make make him deaf, dumb, and blind, and in a wheelchair. God damn it. <laughs> wow. Oh my lordy. Yeah, I'm done. You done? All right, cool. <laughs> I will I will piggyback up off your uh your comment there. Um so uh just full disclosure, uh Sam, the young boy you're referring to, is not deaf in the game. He is oh, a hearing I, I person. Didn't... Yeah, I didn't really get to watch like the the breakdowns or anything like that. So. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, I just thought I would I would mention that because they they made a bunch of changes in these two episodes, and it's at the point where I'm like actually regretting watching the playthrough now because I'm sitting yes. there going, oh, they've mm-hmm. moved that around. Oh, they've done this. They've compressed this. Oh, that's now in this location, and they're doing this. So now it's kind of I don't know. If it's like affecting my viewing experience. Like I'm still enjoying it of course but like yeah episode four was not what i was expecting at all um i love that we got the the book of puns because that's in the game as well <laughs> um so that's that was really cool uh in episode four but yeah um and then some nice development between joel and ellie there and um but yeah this kathleen I character had, yeah i sort of had a little t- tear at the end of the of joel actually laughing like for the first time in yeah years. I know. I it's know. Like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this Kathleen character played by Mel- Melanie Linsky is not in the game either. So she's new um, to this world. So as a means, obviously, as we find out in episode five to give a backstory to Henry and Sam um, mm. and their characters and develop them a bit differently. Um, yeah. I, like, I liked yeah. her past tense. I liked her character. And... Uh, the way that they actually betray her because she she is like a she is a vulnerable like uh, un well leader that's sort of found herself being late being a leader and and blinded by hatred and revenge. I liked it. Yeah, I was I like I I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. Um, like for some reason, I just I brushed up against her a bit, and again, I'm gonna just blame that on the the fact that I've been watching the gameplay before I've been watching these episodes. Um, but I I can commend them for you know the way that they went about trying to expand the story and adding new depth to it. Because um, um, when when they get to um, oh, in the in the series it's Kansas City, but in the game it's Pittsburgh. Um, so they made them travel further as well, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, it's only like a small group of these, these men called hunters, um, that are coming after like, you know, Joel and Ellie as they're trying to uh, maneuver through the city to get out. Um, cause they get ambushed the exact same way that ambush scene in episode four was the exact same. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, but here it's this whole, you know, 
there's been a revolution, um, an overthrowing of Fedra in this within the QZ in Kansas City, and it's just yeah, I, I kind of liked as- certain aspects of it, and certain aspects I was like meh, whatever. Um, but but yeah, I was crying quite quite a lot by the end of episode five, <laughs> even though I knew what was coming. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But they did they did it they did it beautifully, and um, yeah. Uh, oh my god, Bella Ramsey is like breaking my heart. Like she's so good. Like the way she's performing as Ellie, especially at, in the emotional moments in in episode five, that was really really good. So I won't say anything else. But yeah, Last of Us, fantastic. Still still going strong. Still really enjoying it. Uh, yeah. Now we have to wait uh, a week and a bit for for episode uh, six, and then yeah. We're, we're in the home stretch. We only got four episodes to go. So we're past halfway. Mm. Um, yes. Also, I finished Cora season three during the week. So uh, just a heads up, Mike, if you do end up finishing season four, the last season during the week, uh, I, I won't actually have time to even start it this week. So um, no spoilers <laughs> next that's week. Right. Yeah, but that's I'll, right. I'll, I'll remind you. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I... I like. I'll, 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 I'll warn you, or I'll say, "Oh, okay, we can do that." <laughs> um, I feel like I like this show more than you do, um, and that's again, that's totally fair enough. Um, but um, I, I get what you're saying about Boomy, and you know how he should just remain as the the non-bending individual. Like that kind of would make more sense. But um, I think in terms of the overall story of season three, it was. It was really good, and you're right. Tenzin was the best thing. That like the last couple of episodes in season three were just yeah. I was gl- I was gripped, glued to my seat. I was like, holy crap, this is absolutely fantastic. Um, and even yeah. his eldest daughter as well. Like, yeah, she quite I like know. Jenora as well. J- yeah, she's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, voiced by Fulia. You, you, I don't know if you know this. She's voiced by um. I've forgotten her name. Uh, Kian and Shipka, who played Sabrina in the Adventures of Sabrina. Did you watch that show? Or am I getting you confused with yeah. someone else? You watched, I was going to say, you watched that show, right? The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sabrina, yeah, she is which? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still that one. haven't watched the last half of the last season, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Cora was good. Um, very good. Yeah, the best season so far. Um, enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, and then um, I will I will mention one other thing. I watched another animated thing this week, um, and it was it was Japanese animation for Ooh. you. Yeah, but you it's something. My interest? Yes, Anime? I know. And you're immediate as soon as I tell you what it is, you're immediately going to be off. <laughs> <laughs> I finally no, you, I finally. <laughs> this has been on my list for since it came on Netflix, but I finally got around to checking out uh, Junji Ito's Maniac series on Netflix. So I don't know if you guys know who Junji Ito is, but he is a very prolific Japanese horror animator. Uh, graphic artist um, yeah and a lot of his artwork is very surreal and th- terrifying like really really creepy stuff um, so I <laughs> so I've been kind of fascinated with it for a long time and then I found out yeah these they were turning some of you know 
his works into series, but kind of I think they're kind of based on or, or inspired by um, Japanese horror stories uh, or tales of folklore, I think, maybe. Um, but I'm about eight episodes in out of the 12-episode run. Um, most episodes are comprised of two stories in one, uh, and then there are some that are just one story for the whole 25 minutes. But it's really good. Um, Mike, I think you'd get a kick out of it. Um, um, but yeah, I don't know if I want to really go into details as to what this kind of stories they are because they're really dark. (laughs) Well, it's Um, Japanese horror. Yeah. It's its own kettle of fish. Mm. Oh, it is. It Mm -hmm. is. And that's another reason why I watched because, yeah, I think, yeah, no one really does horror quite like the Japanese. Um, so yeah, but it's been, it's been really, really good. Um, like, well, actually, I'll, I'll tell you probably the least scary one that was just more eerie than scary. Um, there was one one story where um, these two friends, they're driving into uh, this town to visit a friend of theirs um, that they haven't seen in a while. And they uh, kill someone on the road, like they run over this girl um, and they try to take her to the hospital and save her, but she's, she dies on the way. Um, and then they get to the town and in the middle of the streets and just everywhere in the town, there are these tombstones just there. Um, and then it turns out that in this town, for some reason, when you die, you turn into a tombstone. Um, and so it's kind of this story about how, you know, if you're not, given the proper opportunity to like, you know, find your resting place or you're not left alone basically. Cause these, the reason these people like the tombstones are in the road is because they've hit, hit and killed and left in the road. Um, Cause apparently it's disrespectful to move the body after you die. So because they took the body that of this girl that they killed and put it ah. in the trunk and put it in the trunk of the car, it really, really backfired. Um, but it was, yeah, it's, so it's, it's, very, very, very interesting and uh, very creepy. Um, mm. Yeah, there's some, there's some other ones that, yeah, again, I, mm. I, will, I will spare you for you of the details. <laughs> Thank you. They are very, they're very graphic. But, um, uh, but yeah. But the so, all-important question, sub or dub? Uh, sub. Sub. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be bothered changing it. And I, yeah, I am. Um, I'm trying to get better at, at doing subtitles, I think. Um, even though it, it's easier, obviously, to watch uh, with dub if it's animated. Yeah, um, look, it really depends but, on the anime, too. Cause so, you know, sure. there, are, there are times where um, if an anime that I really want to watch doesn't have an English dub to it, then I'll, I'll just bite the bullet and watch it in Japanese anyway with the English mm. subtitles. That's so it's fine because I'm really interested in watching it. Um, but if I do have the choice, generally I gravitate towards watching it in English mostly because I want to see what's happening on screen. And nine times out of 10, when I'm reading the subtitles, I miss the visuals and I don't know what's happening except for, you know, trying to read what's being said. So, um, that, that's probably the main reason why I usually watch my anime in English 
just because I'm a I'm not a fast reader in general, so subtitles are very difficult for me. Um, yeah, yeah. And but B also be just mostly because I don't want to miss out on what's happening on screen, and especially oh, because and especially because the animations themselves they they, they look gorgeous. Like I I want to mm. actually just experience the visuals of it. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're 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 absolutely right. Yeah, that's they're the two, the two sides of the argument. Mm. One one tends to fall on. That's why, yeah. like, I can't. I like even if even if I'm watching something that is an English production, I won't put subtitles on because I, I I have some friends that just watch stuff with subtitles because they miss words and all this stuff, and I'm like, I hate it because my eyes want to read it. Yes, yeah, because I, I it's like this inherent FOMO that you're like, what am I missing? I must read. <laughs> Even though I don't fucking need to. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, so I watched some anime. <laughs> yeah. I'm very proud of you, Kendall. Oh, thank you. Even if it isn't the genre that I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, the f- I love the fact that I finally watched some anime and it's like Kendall anime. Because it's like... <laughs> it's well, as long as it's anime, horror. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, is like, oh, you're watching anime. It's like... And you said maniac. I was like, oh, never heard that one. No. And then horror. Oh, oh. no wonder I haven't. Heard that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know me too um, well, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but if yeah, if you if anyone watching or listening is yeah into horror, um, yeah, they'll definitely get a kick out of it. It's really cool. It's so really what's it cool. called? She's a maniac. She's a maniac. <laughs> um, Junji Ito maniac. Um, Junji. Junji. J U N J I. I-T-O. Junji. Junji. Not Junji. There's, there's, there's my uh, <laughs> English pronunciation of a Japanese name. I should have asked you fully. Uh, you are the, the expert on this podcast. Such a Westerner. Junji. Junji, Junji Eto. Eto, I think. E-T- Eto? E-T-O? I-T-O. I-T-O. No, Ito. Okay, so Junji Ito. Ito. Junji Ito. Okay. Yeah. All right. Junji right. Maniac. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I have two more things I just quickly want to mention before we move on into the news. So I went to the movies twice this week um, hey. and I saw Babylon on Monday. Um, so that was, that was something else. <laughs> that was an amazing movie. Um, Polarizing. And- yeah, yeah. Uh, I, there were five of us in the cinema because I went to a Monday night session uh, in South Yarra. I think I was at the Como uh, Palace Cinemas. And uh, yeah, and two of the uh, five of us uh, left in uh, the fir- within the first 15 minutes. Um, and if you've seen Babylon, you will know why. Um, <laughs> basically... Yeah, there's a lot of debauchery and a lot of uh, gross out just stuff like in the opening scene pretty well not in the opening scene but like in the first two minutes you see an elephant shit um on two people um and it's yeah i know yeah that's that's this that's this movie um no it's more than that it's 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 basically it's overall it's about um uh, set, set in the 20s uh, in Hollywood and about the, the transition from silent film into the talkies. Um, and Brad Pitt plays this aging movie star of the silent era. He's hugely famous. Um, he's the Brad Pitt of his time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so unlike today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, um, yeah, he, he has to kind of deal with 
that transition. Margot Robbie plays this up-and-coming actress who already thinks she's a star and she wants to be, you know, a famous actress. And um, she she becomes a huge success. But then that transition again just really shakes things up. And it's, yeah, it's got some incredible music um, to it. And, um, yeah, and it made me kind of tear up at the end because at the end it's kind of a love letter similar to the Fablemans with like Spielberg and his love for cinema. This movie is sort of a love to like a love letter to like just the broader scope of cinema in general. Um, Tinseltown. Yeah. It's like, cause it was directed by Damien Chazelle who gave us La La Land. So if that gives you an idea of the kind of, you know, nice kind of respect, I suppose he has for the industry. Um, but it was it was really lovely to cut like because one of the one of my favorite scenes in the movie was actually there's a scene where Gene Smart's character is talking to Brad Pitt because he's pissed off that she's 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 playing this like um uh, like reporter at the time and and she's written this piece about how his career's over basically and she's he's come to her like how dare you write this about me and she's like well no no, no you career yeah okay your career's over but you're gonna live forever like when you're gone you know there are going to be kids in like 50 years, a hundred years from now, they're going to watch your stuff and go, I, I know him. Like, I, like, I love this guy, you know, you, you're going to be rediscovered again and again and again. And then that's reinforced at the end of the movie with this like beautiful montage of movies from the birth of film itself, all the way up to fucking avatar two. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, chills. It was really nice. So yeah. So if you love cinema, watch Babylon, but just brace yourself for, some really fucked up shit. <laughs> really fucked up shit. And I don't think I will ever look at Toby Maguire the same way ever again. Um, <laughs> oh and boy. last, yeah, oh boy. He play, I've never, you'll, it's not your, this is not your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> and the last thing I want to mention was that I, I finally had the chance to see The Whale. Hmm. Um, wow. Did you come out with puffy eyes? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I didn't like lose it the way I lost it when I saw the Fablemans, but I, yeah, I still definitely cried. Brendan Fraser will break your heart and soul. Uh, he's, I, yeah, he was inc- incredible. I, yeah, like, cause I grew up watching him, you know, do George of the Jungle and the Mummy and Bedazzled. I, I always kind of saw him as this like comedic action heartthrob dude. I never realized he actually had like legit dramatic chops behind him and he's he's insanely good in this it's it's yeah his career defining almost performance like it's yeah the movie is confronting too in some ways um but uh but oh my god yeah he's so good and sadie sink from stranger things um plays his daughter in it and she was she was also really good too so yeah the oscars are in four weeks so i'm probably brace yourself yeah, I embrace myself. Probably going to pick Brendan, but it, yeah, it's a tough race. I hope he wins. I do want him to win. That'd be so nice. Um, but anyway, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. Um, yeah, I yeah, I would recommend to a lot of people to watch it. It was beautiful. Very sad, but very beautiful. Um, all right. Well, that's enough about all our watchings and playings of things. That was that was a good wrap up. Um, let's get into the week that was in the nerdy news. Hey, 
This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most s, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Hello. Again, I'm still here. Um, so, nerdy news, let's get into it. We've got some uh, Sony Marvel news to start us off with, um, with the announcement that uh, there is going to be a live-action Spider-Man noir TV series on Amazon Prime. Um, it's going to be set in the 1930s, so uh, in New York as well. And there's not going to be... Not going to be a Peter Parker. So, yeah. So, I, I didn't... I don't know much about Spider-Man Noir outside of just watching Into the Spider-Verse. Um, but I just assumed he was still Peter Parker. But apparently, he's not Peter Parker. So, um, but that's... But that is cool. Uh, I'm really glad this is happening. Um, it's it's probably not going to be Nicolas Cage. But that's, that's fine. I've moved on from that. <laughs> but, no, I think this will be really cool. Because... Like, it's, it's going to be a take on Spider-Man that we've never really seen explored before in, in this kind of a way. So that's that's really good. And the other great thing is the fact that um, it's being developed by uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, uh, two of the producers of Into the Spider-Verse, um, and, you know, a bunch of other really cool things. Um, and Orion Uziel, um, who's also going to write and executive produce um, the series. So... Yeah, um, not much else is known about it apart from that. So, yeah, we'll see how it how it develops. But um, hopefully, it's good. Got everything's going to Amazon now. It's crazy. Um, I cannot wait to watch this. Fulia, do you have any any thoughts on on this? Uh, yeah, now look, I, I like the idea of a Spider-Man noir. The 1930s is an aesthetic and a period piece that I love watching anyway. Um, so a, a superhero version of that is going to be really interesting as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this one goes. Um, and, you know, being that it's on Amazon Prime, you know, it's, it's just going to be available for anyone who has that subscription. So, yeah, why not? Yes. Why not? Excellent. Yeah. Well said. Although, you know, I, I don't mind the fact that the, the, the Spider-Man character's name isn't going to be Peter Parker. And I'm pretty sure, um, because a lot of the different varieties of Spider-Man don't actually have that name in the different universes. Uh, so it kind of makes sense. So. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, yeah. it does make sense. Yes. Correct. Mm. Um, Michael, uh, are you excited for this? What are your thoughts? Mm. I was hoping for an Amazing Spider-Man 3 or yeah, <laughs> or anything like that. But the aesthetic looks interesting. If they do it, do it like rap, maybe in the same vein as Sin, uh, Sin City, like it is intentionally in black and white for uh, aesthetic reasons... Um, I don't see why not that, that this looks, uh, it will look very interesting and indeed, like, um, it's a genre that hasn't really been tapped into that much, um, uh, hard-boiled, like, detective sort of thing, like, probably the last thing that was something like that 
that I've seen is probably who framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, and that sort of aesthetic as well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll have a look-see. Nice. Gonna have, to, gonna have to start up my my account again because everything I've been watching has been on Netflix and with a, with a VPN. That's the only re- that's the only way I can actually watch Cora at the moment, <laughs> because nice. it's on American Netflix and I've been American. Watching, um, nice. Yeah, I've been taking trips to America. Virtually. Yeah. Virtually. <laughs> virtually. Very yeah. nice. Very <laughs> very nice. Um. Cool. All right. Our next item in the news. Um. Bob Iger this week, CEO, recently reinstated CEO of um of Disney. Um oh, shit show. Was on a yeah, I know. It's it's good. We're not gonna we're not gonna go too much into it. Um <laughs> oh, don't you love it when they just, you know, say, Hey, look at the shiny things over here. Don't worry about all the people that are losing their don't jobs. Don't worry about it's the fine. other Bob. He was trying um, to push so hard fuck. for Disney Plus. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, corporations. Can this Pixar corporate. movie have a uh, have a cinema release date? Nah, I can go straight to Netflix. <laughs> you can go straight to our c- streaming service. Straight to our streaming services. Yes. Anyway, so Bob Iger uh, was on an, a, a chat on a call um, with some investors. investors I chat. think yeah. another another one of those investors calls, uh, and it didn't go into any specific details, but he did confirm that in the works we have. Zootopia 2, which I think, yay, good. I mean, the first one was a lot of fun. Um, I like the world. Like the world, good characters, um, lots of opportunity to revisit and return. And then he also announced Frozen 3. I mean, that that feels like a... That feels yeah, like, I like a, Frozen Two. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a no-brainer. Yeah, like it make it makes sense. It's one of their biggest franchises. Uh, yeah. You know, the the songs are iconic. Um, why not go back to Frozen? Why not yeah, go back to Frozen? It deals with um, like issues like like uh, generational trauma and all, all that. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. And then he announced something else that boiled my blood. <laughs> We're getting a Toy Story 5. And <laughs> I've never heard of a more unnecessary film being announced in my entire life. Because mm, I know Disney gonna Disney and I know IP sells and I know sequels make billions because, you know, Toy Story 4 did very well. And it was a fine movie. I enjoyed it for what it was. It didn't need to exist either, but it was still good. But, but, but why, why, why are we doing Toy Story 5 um, when you've already ended your franchise twice now? Um, so like, many endings. Like, are you going, yeah. It's like what is this, Return, of, Return of, the of the King? Return of the King, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, I just, I'm so... I'm so disappointed. Like I'm not even mad. I've gone past my anger now. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know why I try and like defend Disney sometimes because they bring us so much joy and I have some of my most fa- favorite film experiences of all time because of Disney and Kendall. it's like Kendall. <sighs> I'm, I know. Shut up and eat the trough. 
<laughs> Eat your slop. I know. I know. Maybe I'll just watch this on Disney Plus. Maybe I won't go to the movies and see it. I didn't watch. I didn't watch Toy Story four in the cinema. So I'll just. I'll just. That'll be my silent protest. I guess. Same. I don't know. It's just. It's just like. What? What are you gonna do now? Like. I mean. You. Like. Are we introducing new characters, which never goes well this far into a franchise? Can I just say? Uh, I don't think so. Um, uh, Forky was beloved. Forky was okay. Forky was fine. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm just pissed. I'm pissed. It's stupid. It's frustrating. I don't, it's, it's not going to... Oh, anyway, Fulia, I am really, <laughs> really keen... I need to take a breather, but I'm really keen to hear your thoughts. As the given... optimist of the podcast, <laughs> you are the you are the most you are the most positive out of the three of us, and you also love you know these kinds of movies you know so much more than myself, for example. So you're you're a lot more invested in this than I am, and I'm getting this pissed about it. So I'm only <laughs> just I'm so one, like curious as to how you're feeling. Please tell us. So. Um, I get Frozen 3. Frozen 3, I really enjoyed Frozen 2, to be honest, more than I did number one. Um, I think it really, um, the story was a little bit better in number two for me. So I'm wondering whether they're going to sort of take from that and go into three uh, for Frozen. Uh, Zootopia 2, yeah, Zootopia, the first one, um, was fun and enjoyable and, um, it was a good little world to sort of delve into. So Zootopia 2 makes sense. Also, you know, kids love anthropomorphic animals. So, um, it works. Uh, I probably will watch this one as well. Um, yeah, look, Toy Story 5. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know because Toy Story cracks. I see cracks in the armor. Because <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story Four was average, like it was good, but it was average compared to the other three. You know? Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um, yeah. I, I don't know where they're going to go from here. I mean, Toy Story 5, what, is probably going to go with Woody and Bo Peep? Or maybe now that he's found his new place, th- that maybe it's Buzz who's going to be leading the toys now? I don't know. I'm I'm so confused <laughs> as to what more can you do with this franchise? Like... I get that they want to try and sell it more because kids love this sort of stuff and they can make more money with merch and all that sort of thing. I just, I don't see how this, the fifth installment of this franchise is going to be any better than what they've already produced, you know? Um, Absolutely. So I'm very skeptical about Toy Story 5. I'm not sure where they're going to take it. I need to see some form of, like, I need more detail to know why they've decided to go ahead with Toy Story 5. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced that I'm going to be watching it. But we'll see. We'll see. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's totally fair. Well, well said. Yes, agree. Um, all right, Michael. Yeah. Let us let us let us have it. What are you, how are you, how are you feeling about the fact that Disney is trying to like stretch out our childhoods and destroy them? Uh, <laughs> new generation and all that. It's not really for us. Yeah. But it's really for the uh, generation generation that actually is introducing this to our kids. So I'm like the same thing. Um, yeah, uh, I like the idea for Frozen 3. Uh, the second one was a good surprise of where they actually took um, the characters and it actually d deals with the issues of, of um, you know, uh, how to deal with if you're, if, if you're the end product of like a privileged life and you're dealing with pretty much uh, native uh, uh, in, uh, like First Nations people and all that so it's actually quite good to have it, having that set within this world and actually dealing with that uh, politically because technically with these two movies there's there's no uh, real villain um, it's all to do with uh, inwardness and, and looking looking after yourself and your your own abilities and that and then and if they've got an idea for se uh, season three, if they've got an idea for an, for a movie, movie, um, all for it. Uh, same for Zeus Hobia too, because you can so tap into more potential for for this um, uh, for for this world of uh, different uh, animals co uh, cohabiting like um, one space, and how that that works. And it's also an, an, a nice little metaphor for. Um, like <laughs> like real world issues as well um mm. maybe they'll tackle about uh police not being the good guys anymore and not necessarily being being proven good every every now and again so maybe they'll follow on that so cool uh toy story 5 is a surprise on what can, they can do. They've sort of already done us like a short story with Bo Peep and, and uh, Woody on mm. how, how Bo Peep came from Andy's, uh, uh, Andy's house to where she is now. I don't see any story with that, like post, uh, post uh, Woody deciding, you know what, I've done my duty. I'm done. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm doing stuff for me now. Doing me for me. And it was a good, good ending for his character. And like, uh, Toy Story. Uh, like Toy Story Three is a good ending for, uh, finding another purpose in life. And mm -hmm. that. That's why I'm sort of thinking that this is probably going to be a more buzz, um, a more buzz uh, based. Um, goodbye, maybe I don't know. I'm only spitting spitting chips here, because um, I think because Lightyear wasn't that well received, they're probably going back to the well. Uh, I, 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 I was thinking that might have had something to do with it. Yeah, like they were they were I don't know expecting, <laughs> especially for the ending, they were trying to set up like uh, another movie, and I think. Mm. Maybe this is the wrong way to do it. So maybe they'll just t turn it into a, a Toy Story 5. And I don't know, maybe Ellie's 
grown out of her toys as well because kids are so, sort of growing out of toys more quickly than than usual because of technology and all that. So mm. there probably is a potential there, but I don't see it. And and like you, Fulia, I need more information. Yeah. And no no doubt I'm probably going to have to sit on my ass for two hours to watch it. <laughs> but hopefully when it comes out, the, the kids will be... <laughs> well, maybe Isaiah. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Ah, the joys of being a dad. <laughs> slowly introducing them to stuff that's actually good. Mm. Mm. Um, I also want to bring up uh, a good point that the Cactus Bunch has mentioned in the chat that we're coming back to the straight-to-DVD era. Um, of, yeah, oh. but that's what it feels like. A kind of. Oh yeah, yeah it's like I, it's like the big the big budget uh, straight to DVD era. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or in this yeah. case, straight wow. to streaming. Straight to streaming. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I can I can sort of see that, but I think they're probably playing. They're, they're not really playing it safe. Like, like uh, what was it? Um, one of the Aladdin movies. Which one was it? I think. Yeah, I think it was. It wasn't. Yeah, Return of Jafar. That was a, that was a still company that did the TV show at the same time. That's why the animation didn't really look good. It was just a a long form um, episode. But I think they're actually something a bit more care and love with it. Just stop doing live action. Yeah, stop doing your reimagined classics. I I think they. Re- yeah, I feel like they've hit their quota but... in live actions for now. Um, maybe give yeah, it we'll... a rest for a bit and go back to the animations. Yeah, we'll just watch. We'll just watch Little Mermaid, and that's it. Yeah, we, we don't want the Hercules one. <laughs> no, no, we definitely don't want that. Yeah, no, that's. I want. I, I I want Cruella too, but I also don't need Cruella too. But I will probably watch. See, it. I, here's the thing. I know we're kind of going off off the actual topic now, but. Those type of movies where they're actually telling the story of characters that we don't really get into detail with in the movies that they're in, that's the sort of movie that I will definitely go and see. Um, 100%. Not yeah. not the ones where we're pretty much retelling the same story, but in a live action form. Um, you know, Cruella was a great example of that. Uh, that was an, uh, that was a great movie. I really enjoyed that. Mm. Um, Maleficent mm. also is another example uh, as sure. as a good one. I still need to see the second one, but I did enjoy the mm, first same. one. Um, so if they can sort of maybe go into maybe the villain side of things now, because they've already done a couple of them, why don't you just continue with doing the the villain side of the stories? You know. That'd be that'd be really interesting for a lot of us who are not really, you know, the biggest fans of the protagonists, but sometimes we like the antagonists in in these Disney animated films. So maybe yeah. sort of go into those type of stories and give us a little bit of that and see what how we feel about it them. Um, yeah. yeah, like could you imagine if they'd done like if John Favreau had done his Lion King live live action? Yeah, uh, with Jafar, with with no, with no, with no, 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 with with Scar, the Lion King, Scar. Um, yeah, but they are doing that with Jafar. Uh, no, yeah, they are doing that with um, uh, Mufasa. 
Right. Well, anyway, what I was going to say was <laughs> um, if if the first Lion King, instead of just being a shot-for-shot shot remake, if it had just been like, let's tell, you know, let's tell this story from Scar's perspective. Um, and But yeah, you're right, they are doing Mufasa, which will go probably go into that a bit. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, that's just what I was thinking. Um, let's move on to our yeah. next topic, um, shall <laughs> we? Gosh. Shall we? Um, yeah, yeah, Mike. Let's <sighs> let's let's do this. Um, so, I don't wanna. <laughs> I know. Neither do I. Um, <laughs> so it was announced this week. Speaking of things that are completely unnecessary, because the original is just perfect as it is. Um, Faulty Towers is getting a reboot. Um, John Cleese is involved. Will be returning as Basil Faulty. Uh, still managing the hotel. Um, so that's, that's, that's cool. Um, his daughter, Camilla is actually going to be in the show as well. So I imagine there's going to be some sort of father daughter dynamic, probably that might be a bit hilarious to see. Um, I didn't even know his daughter was an actress. So, um, hopefully she's, uh, she's good. I'm sure if she's the daughter of John Cleese, she's very funny. Um, but yeah, um, according to according to John himself, um, he said in a press release, uh, when we first met, uh, he's talking about producer on the show, Matthew George, um, he offered an excellent first idea, and then he and my daughter Camilla had one of the best creative sessions I can remember. And he also added that he was looking forward to expanding it into a series. So, um, yeah, I mean, is Connie, Connie Booth is still with us, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So there's no mention of her coming back into this. Um, or even helping writing. Because Yeah. She seems mm. very integ she was very integral, right, to the original show. A little bit. Yeah. I mean it sort of broke their marriage. So <laughs> Yeah. In yeah, the first true. season they were married and then the second season they were divorced, so Yes. Yes, I forgot that mm. little bit that little bit of information. Um but anyway, so yeah, she's not mentioned at all um as being involved in this, but who knows um what will happen with that. But um yeah, it's gonna be produced by Castle Rock Entertainment, uh which is run by Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Um so that gives me a little hope. I don't know how involved Rob Reiner will actually be himself with the show. Um but yeah, I don't know. I love John Cleese. Bless him. I love him. Faulty Towers is one of the best British sitcoms ever made. Um, you know, it's it's been it's fifty years old and it's still like one of the funniest things you'll ever see. So um, I really need to rewatch it. But um, but yeah, we don't need this. We don't need this. It's 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 cute and hopefully it's successful and hopefully it's good. I just don't want it to tank. Like if it's gonna come back, I don't want it. I don't want John to have egg on his face. You know. Brace yourself. Um, if, if, it, if it bombs, but but I'm not. I'm the bar will be low, the bar's going to be low, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how we go. We'll always have the original series if it's bad. So have um, you got James Ca James Cameron's submarine? James Cameron's submarine. Hmm. Because the bar's out low. Oh my oh, god! No. All right. <laughs> Before we get to Mike's uh, incredibly pessimistic uh, thoughts on this, which is totally fair and valid um fulia <laughs> how 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 does this make you feel are you are you gonna watch this just one second manuel manuel <laughs> how is so faulty not to do this 
Um, well done. <laughs> man, R.I.P. Uh, he um, didn't he pass away the the actor that played Manuel? Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes, he did. He yeah. was absolutely amazing. Um, oh yeah. Like majority of the people who were in in Faulty yeah. Towers are either dead or uh, or retired. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, um, I don't know Why? how I feel about this reboot. Like the original series itself was, it was great. It was hilarious um i mean it was also very controversial in some of the topics that they delved into but that was of its time so yeah (laughs) that's that's totally let's just leave it there um but even watching it now um it it just it always makes me laugh and and like i don't know whether whether they'd be able to do anything like that nowadays and uh, if the the reboot of trying to you know have you know faulty towers a thing again in today's sort of time, I don't know if it's going to have the same comedic effect as what it did back then. Um, uh, so I'm 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 not sure how I feel about watching a rebooted version of this. Mm. Um, it's been a very long time since it since the last episode aired, uh, and. You know, just yeah, it's just gonna be it's gonna be really weird not having a lot of the same characters uh, in it uh, for you know the previous reasons of what Michael has Michael has already stated, um, and yeah, I just I think I'm just, I'm happy with what we got. Let's just leave it with that. Yeah. We don't need any more. No. Yeah. But I will also mention that uh, Cactus did also make a, a little comment saying, oh, no, John Cleese must have had another divorce. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So Amazing. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Okay. Thank you, Folia. Yeah. Thanks, Cactus, giving us a laugh. Brilliant. <laughs> All right, Michael, lay it, lay it on us. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good idea. Don't do it. Um, the thing is, uh, he he made this uh, TV show with Connie Booth, uh, first season, and he had had he he only just wanted to do one season, so they had to twist his arm to do a second season. Uh, that's why it was a bit of a, a long hiatus in between both seasons. And, yeah, and in this day and age, you can do it. You can do it pretty well. These characters can survive in this in this climate of, like, wokeism is not really a thing. Sure, audiences are different now. So... If they're trying to do something that's sort of similar, don't do that. Like, uh, la- uh, like uh, the way that they ma- made Fonty Towers probably couldn't be done today. Uh, I think it would be good if it was just a, a standalone so- sort of thing of him like reminiscing o- of his past lives. Like you can you can have him like like being the same Basil 
of n not liking foreigners, not not like <laughs> being being a touch racist, being a touch sexist, being a touch like homophobic as well. You can you can do all that, and because that's that character, but <sighs> the way this is looking, and I and I read a couple of articles in this because John he's he's not he, he he's He's saying old man things, of course. He's he's in his he's in his prime, and he sees the world around him, and he doesn't like it. I get that. He 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 doesn't really say much controversial things. He's just saying sort of old diatribe. It's like, oh, you can't say that anymore. It's like, well, no, you just got to think something a bit different. You can still do. You can still do those jokes. You just got to think about it like as a modern modern take, not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, the way that has been, like, you still you still got people saying horrendous shit on Netflix, and people don't really bat an eyelid. Really, it's like, ah, oh, well, we understand that, that it being a joke. The only difference is people take that out of context. Fuck those people. I understand that, <laughs> and trying to get cancelled. You people don't get cancelled. People get uh, repercussions and consequences. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm. Um. He aged a bit like milk. Yeah, I understand that. And most of his like decisions nowadays is is definitely done by Camilla. Um, I don't want to get into it, but it's a, it's I I don't know. She's sort of living through him. Like she's had a fair fair try of like uh, being a a comedian herself. So she's okay. I don't know, I don't know the situation there, but. I mean, get with the going's good. I mean, he does. He publicly has said that um, he doesn't want the BBC to actually touch this because he says um, stuff like this would wouldn't be made uh, would be made today, except for the stuff that he, that we've actually seen. Mm. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah, it's it's. I can see potential, but I don't think it's the right mindset to deliberately go and say horrendous things because essentially Basil does get his comeuppance in, in the end and I don't see that sort of happening it's going to be it's going to be like the the the, the Rob Schneider show on Netflix I've only seen one episode it's like yep not for me this is this this is this is not done well you can mm -hmm. do these characters well but you need to do them like extremely well so uh, I'll be surprised if it's good and I'll have a look at it, but mm, I'm very, very skeptical on it. Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. It's very fair. Yeah. Um, I was just but, spread. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I have read a um a cracked article where they are very, very scathing <laughs> and yeah. say it's not a good idea. Uh, but if it does flop, then he then he has uh, reached his potential of finally being cancelled. Because if, if it does fail, then he, has an, then he has an excuse of saying, see, I am cancelled. It's like, no, you just made a shitty show. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, he's not going to say it that way. So Aww. it's going to be a bad time. Aww. And as I said, it's, it's 40 years... Please don't. I mean, I can see potentials with with the um, 
world history, the Mel Brooks thing, because it's actually been helped by people who do enjoy that show. But I don't see any anyone like being in this show who actually would enjoy doing that. I think people are doing it for nefarious reasons. And yeah, I, no, I don't. I don't want it. Do not no. want. No, no, no. Thanks. We already got one. We got yep. two seasons. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, and I, you know, as much as I would love more faulty towers, just for the fact that, like, you know, the only thing I hate about. And I don't hate is a strong word. The only thing I don't like about British shows is the fact that a lot of them are really short. Um, but you know, quality over quantity is is definitely yeah. a thing. Because um, I just remember finishing Faulty Towers and going, "Oh, I want more, but there's no more." But this is this is not what I was putting out into the universe when I was <laughs> no. saying that. Not at all. Anyway, that's all right. Yeah, it's going to be Basil in the Cab- <sighs> Caribbean or Caribbean, if you that way. Yes. If you're that way inclined. If you're that way inclined, yes. All right, let's move on to our final news segment for this week, uh, in which requires me to take a back seat because I'm going to hand it over to you guys for uh, a discussion about the uh, the Nintendo Direct that happened during the week. Um, the only thing that I'm aware uh, from it is the fact that they dropped a gameplay trailer for uh, Legend of Zelda, is it Te- Tears of the Kingdom? Is yes, that what it's called? Tears of the Kingdom, yes. or as some people Te- want to call it, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Tears, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Tears. Um, yes. Yeah, so that uh, I I haven't watched I haven't watched that trailer, but it's yeah. uh, it was trend. It was yeah. trend. <laughs> it, it was it was trending on Tumblr this week, so I was like, oh, something's happened. Um, and yeah, people seem to be losing their minds and getting very excited. So, um, without any more ado, Mike, did you have a comment before I throw it to Fulia? Or is the yeah, I was going. I was going to mention when the title got dropped in the last um, uh, direct. It was roughly where where uh, the Queen died. It and was, they sort of, and they postponed it from the UK because Tears of the Kingdom sort of on the yeah. news. Had to laugh. Yes, uh, well, it is. I had to laugh. That's that's that is fair. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So yeah. So but yeah, I'm excited for for all you guys, Nintendo fans out there, um, and Zelda fans especially. It's very cool. So, Fulia, take it away. What happened at the Nintendo? All righty. So we had a 40 minute epic Nintendo Direct this week, this past week, and boy did we get. A lot of announcements, a lot of games that are coming out in the first half of 2023, which is very exciting stuff. Um, they decided to open off, open, open up the direct with uh, some gameplay uh, and a, a date, a release date announcement for Pikmin 4. Um, now, I'm not a big Pikmin player i've never played pikmin before but i have seen people play it and it looks cute it's like a little bit of a management style game 
Um, and you go around and you collect the little Pikmin, which are the little characters that will help you around when you're traversing areas. Um, but you as the main protagonist of this game, you are very small. So, um, if you're like, kind of like, a um, I don't know, how would you put it? Kind of like a Stuart Little's kind of perspective. Like you're very small. Um, yeah, you're a little astronaut yes. in, a, in a big yes. world. Uh, so, and then you've got little Pikmin helping you traverse the worlds. Um, everybody who is a big Nintendo fan who has played Pikmin uh, in the past, I'm very much looking forward to Pikmin 4. And that will be released on the 21st of July this year. Um, the, um, the, there's, there was a quite, there was quite a few, um, DLC announcements, um, for some IPG games that are already out. For example, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, um, is getting an expansion pass DLC, uh, volume three, which is coming out, uh, this, this week specifically, uh, we've, there's also, um, Bayonetta Origins, um, Serza and the Lost Demon, which is a prequel game to the Bayonetta series. Uh, so for anyone who is a Bayonetta fan, we'll definitely be looking forward to that. And that's coming out on the 17th of March. Um, we've also, we also got Fire Emblem Engage Expansion Pass, that's um current the first wave of that dlc is out right now with um three more waves to come throughout the year uh so anybody who is a fire emblem uh fan is definitely eating well this year in terms of content for their game um and we also got uh i believe announcements for some new uh new games including uh including uh, Dead Cells Return to Castlevania, um, and that's coming out on the 6th of March. Uh, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, which was apparently a DS or uh, a DS game back in the day, um, or I could be getting that wrong, but it was, a, it, was a, it was originally on an older console that's now coming to the Switch. Um, there's also some... There was quite a few detective-based games. So Ghost Trick Phantom Detective is one of them. Um, Decca Police is another one that's coming. That's also a detective-based game. Uh, and um, they also announced that there will be a new Professor Layton game coming soon. Um, they didn't specify uh, anything about what the story is going to be and... Uh, whether or not there's going to uh, uh, any kind of date release date announcements, but uh, hopefully that'll be coming at some point soon. We only got a bit of a teaser trailer for that particular game, uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, and we've we've also gotten like a few other things. Uh, I'm for me specifically, um, I'm very excited for D- Disney Illusion Island. Um, it, it kind of looks, uh, so you get four of the main Disney characters, which is Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy. Uh, and it's, you can play with up to four players locally, uh, whether or not it'll be available for online multiplayer, we don't know yet, but right now they've mentioned that it's available for local multiplayer, or you can play as a single player. Um, and you're sort of, it's like a side scrolly platformer. Um, 
kind of akin to the uh, Cuphead game uh, where you're sort of trying to traverse worlds and, and the way that in its style as well. The animation style, the art style of the actual game itself looks really cool. I really like the look of it. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to that. And that's coming out on 28th of July. So birthday present. <laughs> no, I'm getting your birthday present. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll get it myself. I'll uh, get you a horror game. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one particular game that was uh, a game that everybody was really looking forward to hearing about um, was Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. Now, unfortunately, they had they delayed the release of this game um, purely because of our current uh, situation in the world right now. Uh, and they thought it would be very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it would have been very on the nose, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Inappropriate is the word I'm looking for. It would have been a bit inappropriate to to put out a game about war when there's currently one at the moment. Uh, and I think it they were going to release it around the time, uh, like around last year they were going to release it, but then it's when the war in Ukraine sort of started, they decided not to do it. So they postponed the release, and now it's coming out on the 21st of April, um, which a lot of people are very excited for. Um, Octopath Traveler 2 is also getting another release. Um, so that's getting, coming out on the 24th of February. It's not very far away. A lot of people are looking forward to that. Um, I actually ended up downloading the, the demo to Octopath Traveler 1 because I'm very curious about that game. So I thought um, I would check that out for myself. Um, and that's another thing they did with this direct a quarter of the games that they announced, they mentioned that there would be demos available right after the direct. And that was crazy. Um, they, so, you know, Octopath Traveler 2, um, Sea of Stars, uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which I've got pre-ordered, but I want to play the demo just to see if I really like it before I go and buy it. Uh, and, you know, and a few other games are getting, uh, they're also getting demos as well. They've also got demos um, that you can play on the Switch right now uh, before you can pre-order the game. So a lot has come out of this Direct. Now, the most anticipated thing is the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which was the last thing that they mentioned um, at the end of Direct as their one more thing. Uh, and... People were excited, very excited to see some gameplay footage. Um, there's some new mechanics in this game, including, you know, um, driving vehicles by the looks of things. Uh, Making vehicles and driving. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of people are very excited for that. Um, and there was a little bit of voiceover work too. Like I, apparently people were saying they heard Ganon. That was the first um, voice that we heard in the trailer. Um, and it was a Kill them all. very, very deep and very evil and ominous voice. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, one other thing that I will mention that nobody saw coming at all <laughs> 
was that Nintendo Switch Online now has Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games available for people to play if you have Nintendo Switch Online. So, uh, I have the basic Nintendo Switch Online um, uh, subscription. That gives me Game Boy, the Game Boy games. So like Game Boy, Game Boy Light and Game Boy Color um, in that sort of category. But if you have Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack, you also get Game Boy Advance as well. So not only Game Boy, but the Game Boy Advance library. And they're now available to play on your Switch. Right now. Right now. And... Right here. For me, right now. Right here. Right now. For me, I was I was actually quite surprised and kind of excited about this concept because I never owned any Nintendo handheld consoles bef- um, before the Nintendo DS Lite. I got to maybe play on a f- like a friend's Game Boy or a cousin's or a relative's Game Boy. Never have I ever owned a Game Boy or a Game Boy Advance. So this is very exciting for me because I can now experience these games for the first time, play, uh, but on the Switch. It may not be the same experience in terms of the actual, like having the console itself, but we're still getting the same sort of the, the way they look on the, on the Switch um, and also I think the, um, control mapping as well is going to be a little bit similar. Uh, so that's actually quite exciting. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to actually checking them out. Uh, so yeah, I, there's a lot from this direct I, that I haven't mentioned, but for those of you who do want to check out the Nintendo direct, uh, and you know, just Google Nintendo direct games of February, 2023, it'll give you a list of all of the games that were announced. You can even go into the Nintendo eShop on the console and check out, um, the category of Nintendo direct. And that'll give you a, like a, a small, a, pretty much a half of the list of games that are announced that you can currently go and either buy now or pre-order. Um, and I'm pretty sure most of these games will also have some, some physical, uh, options that'll be coming out later in the year. So maybe go into your local, um, gaming stores and check it out and see if you can pre-order your games there. Um, all the good ones and all the bad yeah. ones. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's a very, very exciting Nintendo Direct that everybody was very, very happy to see. So that is the Nintendo Direct wrap up for you. <laughs> nice. That was epic. Yeah. Oh, th- this, Holy crap. This, this Direct was epic. It was good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds epic. Yeah. Nice. Um, Mike, um, what were your takeaways from the direct? Yeah, just really quick. Um, really enjoy the fact that uh, I get to play uh, some Game Boy games again, uh, and been playing it as well. Uh, just nostalgia and all that. And with that, uh, with the Game Boy Game Boy ones, you can change the filter yeah. to make it look like either original 
or Game Boy Light, uh, Game Boy Light, and, or, or Game, Game Boy, Boy Color, Color uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I haven't I haven't tried it yet, but it's all good. And and I showed showed my wife is like, hey, look, you can play Tetris. It's like, and I'm playing Tetris. Like, <laughs> oh, and she she she's just. Uh, beside me saying oh I love Tetris give me a game it's like no I'm playing it's like no I'm the queen of Tetris and she's distracting me and I'm going ah damn it's like oh you should give it to me because I'm better at Tetris than you it's like shut up like all the like all those bastards on the internet shut up and yeah so she she, she'd be playing Tetris so that's pretty cool and yeah uh, didn't really have a Game Boy Advance either growing up so it'll be a good having a look at that as well because some zelda stuff uh has been released as well like the link uh not link between worlds that's the um that's the other one uh wings uh awakening so so that's been pretty cool as well and it looks like you're getting minish cap as well so that that's pretty cool um yeah, yeah. and also of course being a Zelda fan that I am, uh, the the Tears for Fears looks good, <laughs> so so I'll definitely be pre-ordering that. But I'm not sure if I shall get the 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 big the the big thing or, the, or just the game. I, I don't know. <laughs> because there's also a bunch of amiibos coming out as well, mm. and also re-releases as well, which. I'll probably have a look at as well. Mm. Yeah, because they mentioned that um, Metroid Prime Remastered is coming is out now. You can buy it digitally through the eShop, and that is, I think, the first Metroid Prime game um, from back Mm. in the day. And they've brought it to, and they've brought it to the um, to the Switch. And a lot of people were so hyped, and just because I watched some reaction videos of people reacting to the direct and i love watching that sort of stuff because i want to see what they're excited for and man there were some people who just were shocked when they found out that metroid prime remastered was not only coming Hmm. to the switch but also that it was available as soon as a direct was done (laughs) yeah like that that was like the first game that turned metroid from side scroller to uh 3d like to an fps uh, yeah yeah to a pf yeah that word (laughs) and (laughs) and it also shows that they'll probably not do like a um a gamecube own version that a game uh, gamecube um collection that you can get so they'll probably just do they'll probably just do that do uh uh just remasters of of old um, Game Boy, uh, GameCube games, which I'm, which I'm uh, happy about, because, because uh, it's just nostalgia and it's all good, and there's a lot of chat, lot of chat, mm. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and also uh, yeah, so can't wait, and getting a lot of amiibos as well, because I bought my girl. Uh, the Toon Zelda one for Christmas last year. Yeah. As well as a Peach. So i got to get a Toon Link just to, <laughs> just to be with the Toon Zelda. Yeah. Because I, I showed her the ones that she... that Can I have a Zelda one? Because I've got, like, um, Mario, Luigi, and Toad. And they said, oh, can I have a Zelda one? It's like, okay, which one do you want? 
Uh, I've got this one from from uh, from Skyward Sword. Nah, I don't like that one. Oh, what about this one? I, I like this one. This is from this is from uh, uh, Twilight Princess. Nah, not that one. <laughs> uh, she wanted the Toon one, uh, which unfortunately was the most expensive. So I am annoyed. So <laughs> to get because I got it from eBay because they don't reproduce them until today. You can pre-order them. And they only cost like twenty bucks. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and there's a lot of re-releases of all the all the Zelda amiibos. So I'm going to have a very empty wallet <laughs> by the end of the year. Yeah, a lot of people are going to have empty wallets, especially us Nintendo fans. So. Hmm. <laughs> mm. mm. Better put that uh, ten dollar deposit down. Yeah. Because I get them from EB because, you know, I'm a sucker for carrots. <laughs> I mean, you know, I could always ask uh, the people who actually work at a, a, a place that actually sells games. But <laughs> mm. why would I do that? I like torturing You myself. know, you <laughs> could, you know, save some money. But you, it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I want my monthly free thing that... That that I'm not going to enjoy, <laughs> <laughs> like a cup or something, a mug. <laughs> uh, loyalty. Who needs it? I'm done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I think we need to move it along now. Um, thank you both for uh, enlightening me and us on. Uh, the happenings at Nintendo. It's very exciting. Um, but now, we must roll on up to the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeehaw. Yes, trailer park. All right. So, starting with, because I suppose we have to, it is the first trailer, I believe, for Fast X. Uh, this is the 10th and final, uh, for those listening and not watching, I did air quotes, final um, Fast and the Furious movie uh, in, in the main franchise. So, um, yeah. Cool. Also, don't need to watch this because I've, we, we've all, we can all agree we've seen the movie now. Like, this trailer was... Not only did it show too much, it was too long. <laughs> it was nearly four minutes. Like, that is not... that You're taking the piss. Like, that's not... <laughs> it's not how you do trailers. Um, I... Yeah, look, I bowed out of this franchise, like, four movies ago. So, I have no stake in this at all. I'm surprised you lasted that long. <laughs> well, I grew... Like, so... My brother, for context, my brother is a massive car guy. Like, he loves cars. Like, he, when we were kids, we played Need for Speed, Gran Turismo, um, games like that, um, you know, on PlayStation, that you know, where we race around and all that stuff. And, and he loves to draw cars and all this. Like, he's just fascinated with it. And so he kind of indoctrinated me into watching the Fast and Furious movies with him because um, he's a couple of years younger. And, uh, yeah, so I grew up as a teenager watching the first three 
Um, and then I was like, oh, well, I mean, I'm in this, let's, let's just keep going. And, and yeah, I watched number four and it was, it was okay. And I, number five was good. That was the one where the rock was first introduced. I'm like, that's cool. And that probably is the only good thing I have. Maybe the only good thing I have to say about this trailer is the fact that the movie has, the trailer has told us that they're, they've retconned, uh, Jason Momoa's villain into the story from fast five. Um, because the, um, the safe, like being pulled out by the cars, like that scene where you actually see Paul Walker and, and like Jason Momoa is like standing in the background after they pull the safe out and they take, like, that's from fast five. Um, that's part of the climax. They do this heist thing. Um, and I really liked that movie. That was, that was a fun time. But then I just, after that, it just got more and more ridiculous and I just, it stopped being about car racing and started becoming about family, you know. <laughs> family, you know, espionage, and for some reason these guys go into space as well. It's just yeah, um, this kind of orbiter like, of space. Yeah, but yeah, they didn't go into space. space. They went <laughs> just at, just they went they went to Richard atmosphere. Branson top. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> not really yeah, space. Yeah. No, not really space. No, I should as a space nerd, I should speak accurately. Um, anyway, so we're all yeah, in space. So this, Technically, that's true. <laughs> Technically, we're all in space. Um, now I've lost my train of thought. Uh, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're speaking about this terrific trailer. Yes, I, I had a point I was going to make and it's gone. Um, anyway, I kind of like, like, I'm sure there are a lot of people that are very excited for this. Like this trailer, the weight of this trailer kind of felt like they're, they're trying to go for, like, this is the Avengers Endgame of their franchise. Like, you know, everybody's there. Um, we're, we're throwing in some old footage of Paul Walker and we're, you know, we're kind of creating this big mythos. I mean, well, everyone's there except for The Rock because, well, you know, we know people, people know him and Vin Diesel do not get along. Um, but, um, yeah, I heard he was yeah. a pussy ass bitch or something. Something, something <laughs> stupid. Um, and then, and then, so the movie kind of like the trailer, so I'm saying the movie cause I feel like I've seen the fucking movie anyway. So the trailer shows you like all of this action stuff and Jason Momoa being a villain. And I, you know, props to him. He's only really ever played. I've only ever seen him play good guys. Um, and he, cause he's so nice and he's just so yeah. warm and friendly and inviting. It's all right. By, um, by fast so 11, it's... he'll be a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's very true. It'll probably happen, but I'm, but I'd be curious to watch this movie just to see if he can pull it off. Cause he's definitely, you know, has the intimidating factor, the stature, um, the build, um, and you know, can't, could you know, come across as menacing? I suppose if he put his his heart into it, and he looks like he looks like he's given it his all. Um, so yeah, I'd be curious to see how that pans out. But the movie just kind of, fuck. I said it again. The trailer, fucking, it's a trailer, Kendall. Jesus, the trailer, it shows us all this action shit first, and then it's like, you know, the sequence with Dom saying something about how it used to be about racing and shit and that's been one of the criticisms of this franchise is the fact that it stopped being about the racing and then this trailer ends with us uh, we are supposed to believe apparently that there maybe that the a race might be the climax of this thing after you've just had like fucking explosions and uh, his car being dangled over a bridge by two helicopters that he then like fucking makes collide and all this unrealistic because he presses a that button was... and he makes the car heavier. Oh. And... 
Ah. There's literally when they when they wrote these movies, they're just like logic, no, Cross physics, logical. <laughs> yeah, physics, science, nobody cares. Just get rid of it. We just you know, big cargo boom. Um, and yeah, so I just find it hard to believe that you know that the the way the trailer is set up, it makes it looks like the that the the climax is a race, and I'm like, you, I I don't think you've earned that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm not invested, so maybe I'm just being harsh because I don't care. But uh, I I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. And I mean, look, Brie Larson for the win, yay. Because, you know, I would love to see her in other things that aren't Captain Marvel. And because she hasn't really done a lot, obviously, with the pandemic and stuff. But she hasn't really been working. And then after all that stupid backlash she copped years ago for things she said that, you know, she was within her right to say. Um, yeah, it would be nice to see her have a good time. So I liked the little moments of her and Michelle Rodriguez kind of bonding. Um, that kind of was a little bit cute. But um, and then, yeah, and then they throw Shelley's throw on at the end just because reasons I'm like alright cool and I, Helen Mirren and Helen well yeah and Helen Mirren's there too but that's what I mean like everyone Rita Moreno yeah I know I didn't even know she was in this like yeah anyway I'm done I, this movie's stupid um Fulia <laughs> this trailer was dumb this movie's gonna be dumb I feel like fucking Benoit Blanc in, in Glass <laughs> Onion it's just dumb it's just dumb <laughs> it's just dumb it's so Fuckers dumb franchise. genius <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, Fulia, my darling, what did what did you think of this movie? I mean, trailer. Look, uh, I too long, man. This is longer than any other trailer that I've said that's been long. This <laughs> legit. This- I was just sitting there waiting for it to end, waiting for it. It's like, when is this trailer finished? Why are they introducing new things? Excuse me, what is happening right now? <laughs> I, the only one that I have seen was Tokyo Drift. That's the only one I've seen. I've not seen any of the others, and I'm not interested in watching any of the others, honestly. Uh... My best friend, Alex, shout out to my bestie. She is a big fan of the Fast series. Um, I'm sure she's going to watch it. Mm. I just... I don't understand Uh, these movies. I really don't. Uh, I get the fascination for cars and for drag racing and all that sort of stuff. That's totally fine. This particular movie gave us everything and then a little bit of, okay, let's race. Like, yeah, I don't don't get it. It makes no sense. Uh, It, I feel like the, the, the fast series was, has gone from drag racing to just being a lot of just action. Just all the action, all of the stunts, uh, and not as much racing. So the racing's kind of gone out the window yeah, in these movies. It is. It's now, it's now just an add-on. It's not the main story. Um, I, yeah, look, I, I don't think I need to say anything else, to be honest, because I've got nothing else to really say. It's just, it makes no sense to me. It's just nothing. Anyway. 
Moving on. <laughs> yes. Michael, what did you think? I'm intrigued. Really? Because I'm supposed to know all these people, right? And I don't. I haven't seen any of the Fast movies. Nice. <laughs> but have you seen these actors in other films? Of course I have. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, believe it or not, this is a teaser. So the trailer is going to be even longer. It's going to be 15 minutes. <laughs> it's the first scene. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be the first scene and we're going to release it. Uh, and then they're going to do something egregious, like there's going to be a CGI uh, walker just walking around. Hmm. I can't wait for that. Because in because people said that in, in the uh, universe, he's not dead yet. Or not dead. So... He, he's walking around somewhere looking after the kids. Cool. I can't wait for that controversy. And <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should do it like Legend of Korra and just watch a movie a week like after Korra. <laughs> See how it goes. Because this is coming out soon. So when is this coming out, Kendall? When is this coming out? Great question. Um, well... I imagine the Australian release date will most likely be the day before, as is the plan generally. Um, but Fast X will be in theatres in the US on uh, the 19th of May. Meh. Meh. Yeah. So I got some yep, time yep, yep. to watch them all. You do. And you regale do. Like you in my finding. Three months. Yes, please. It would be a fascinating experiment. <laughs> Study. Yes. Nice. All right, cool. So our second trailer, a little bit more of my speed on this one. Uh, This is the first trailer for Air, um, which is based on the true story um, of how Nike uh, went about creating the very famous Air Jordan uh, shoes um, back in the uh, mid-'80s. So Matt Damon is leading this one. Uh, of course, Ben Affleck, uh, ben Affleck is there, Batfleck himself, um, as well. He's directing this movie too. Um, and Viola Davis is playing, looks like she's playing Michael Jordan's mum, mm. which is kind of cool. Uh, recent EGOT winner, um, Viola Davis. Um, yeah, so no, I this kind of just, for me, this looks like, it's so funny that I'm about to say this because I just, I just, clicked that Matt Damon's also in that movie and maybe that's why I'm making the comparison but this feels like the Ford versus Ferrari of footwear mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, a little bit uh, yeah so I yeah I yeah, I mean we're all very familiar with what Air Jordans are in terms of you know just like their iconic footwear I suppose and Nike of course um, being one of the biggest brands of apparel in the world but yeah I, I n- know nothing about anything behind the scenes and it sounds like it's a really interesting story um and you know matt damon uh is always a good time um generally regardless of what movie you're watching uh and yeah i don't know i i'm curious to to learn something um about uh this industry that i know nothing about so um yeah and i'm as i always say i'm a sucker for a true story uh in my in my movies sometimes so yeah, hopefully it's good. It looks it looks good. Um, and the you know, 
the song from the trailer got stuck in my head as well. So that also works <laughs> for them. Um, yeah, no, good, good. Hopefully it's good. I don't know. I, 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 ben Affleck needs to work on his wig, wig wear, but um, apart from that... <laughs> I think that's intentional. It was... It, yeah, probably. It was a good trailer. It was a good trailer. I hope it's a good movie, but um, but we'll see how it, how it plays out. Um, Fulia, what did you think of this one? Um, I'm actually a little intrigued about this one. This one looks um, interesting. I'm not the biggest like basketball fan in any way. Um, I have though indeed worn Nike shoes in the past, um, and I'm always sort of curious about how you know things like this like how a particular uh, athlete got his got their own branding of uh of you know merch or attire or whatever and in this case it's my michael jordan's shoes basketball shoes that everybody wants to have and it's a whole line though it's not just one pair of shoes it's a whole line of shoes um and very famous for it too. So this is um, an interesting story that I didn't think we'd be getting in our time. Uh, it's definitely something um, kind of new in a way because um, you don't usually see movies that are about like a specific... Like I, I know that there are um, movies out there that are about clothing and attire and all that sort of stuff or fashion design in general. Uh, but when it comes down to actually doing a film that is a particular branding of clothes or accessories, um, I mean, like, I don't know if Gucci, the House of Gucci was like that. I think that was more of a story of the actual person or it was well it was about the family the family um, yeah and it kind of focused on um how lady gargoyle's character she married into said family yeah. and um ended up conspiring to assassinate her husband because spoilers for the ending they yeah well yeah it's a whole, but it was it's a whole thing obvious, but it but... Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, but it's it's about that, and it's but it is about how kind of Gucci did kind of become. So it's not just about the the true crime aspect that is definitely a part, but it does show you how Gucci became the the noted noted uh, house of fashion mm. um, that it remains today. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, mm. So yeah, now this this is this is an interesting uh, this is an interesting story. Um, I'd be keen to check it out and, and see. Um, I haven't really seen Matt Damon or Ben Affleck really do... Well, I haven't seen in much of their films in the past, so this will be interesting to see them do this kind of... Uh, I don't know, is it a drama? Uh, is it a, I would say it's more of a drama, yeah. Yeah, drama. A, um, light, a light drama, I guess. With yeah. comedic tones... Little, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, the fact that it's based on true events, I'd be keen to check it out. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, Mike, what did what did you make of this one? I'm very intrigued of this movie because because uh, watching it, it was fun because yeah, the song was catchy and it's got a lot of people that I like in it. Um, a lot of interesting uh, people that I didn't expect to be in the same same movie like if of course you got Matt and Ben uh 
uh, you got you got Chris Tucker, you got you got well, one of the Waynes, and yeah, it just looks really interesting. And while watching it, it's like, well, if it's about Michael Jordan, how come we haven't seen a Michael Jordan? Then I looked it up. Um, yeah, it's it, essentially the script of uh, it being called uh, Air Jordans um, was blacklisted under under. Uh, under Air Jordans in in 2021, and then it got picked up in 2022, and and the rest is history. And it says on the very bottom, uh, the character of Michael Jordan, however, is not portrayed in the film. So, someone didn't get the the rights for Michael Jordan, like the look. So, it's. And I'm very intrigued on how they're going to have a movie about Michael Jordan, essentially, without having Michael Jordan in it or someone this to betray. This is true. Yeah, you got a good point. So it's not called Air Jordans; it's called Air. So I want to see how they get around that, and if it's going to be good. I say, and it's yeah. definitely got. It sort of reminds me of uh, uh, um, uh, Pam and Tommy sort of vibes, mm. in a way, because it was roughly the same sort of area, and yeah, it's just it just looks interesting to me. And when are we going to be seeing it, Kendall? Yes, well, we will be watching uh, Air. Um, in Australia, not in the US, but it comes out in the US on the 5th of April. Yeah, it's got uh, internationally Warner Brothers, so maybe on Amazon Prime, maybe. Maybe it might it might be stre- it might be streaming here, but it might be a, it. It definitely feels more like a streaming movie. I don't know if you guys got that vibe, but they they made a point to say exclusively in theaters at the end of the trailer. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see how Who knows it in out. Australia? Who knows? Some, sometimes we have to use VPNs to watch things. Uh, <laughs> we do. We do. All right. Our third and final trailer for this week uh, is something that I actually thought because <laughs> was based on a true story. Me too. Uh, before, uh, before I press play on this trailer because I'd heard about this movie. But I didn't look deep enough into it, clearly. So this one is our first teaser trailer for Paint, um, starring Owen Wilson, not as Bob Ross. Let me just be clear. He is not playing Bob Ross, even though he looks exactly like him. The movie is inspired by Bob Ross. It is not based on his life. Um, Owen Wilson is playing uh, a very Bob Lo- Bob Ross-like uh, person called Carl Nargle. Not Nagel, I nearly said Nagel. Carl, Carl Nargle, um, who, according to the IMDb description, is Vermont's number one public television painter who is convinced he has it all. A signature perm, custom van, and fans hanging on his every stroke until... A younger, better artist steals everything and everyone that Carl loves. Um, interesting premise. You get that from this teaser a little bit, but it's a nice tease, I think, because it doesn't really... I don't think it did a... 
I don't think it went overboard with with a lot of it, but I just I was just having a like whiplash from going, wait, this isn't a Bob Ross biopic. I thought that's what this movie was. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, it it looks it looks good. It looks fun. I'm kind of glad actually that it's not a, a Bob Ross movie because uh, Owen Wilson as Bob Ross feels closer to. Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al than Rami Malek playing Freddie Mercury. Mm. <laughs> like, if you want uh, an analogy. C- Cactus did make a comment. Is this like the Weird Al biopic? So <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, you're right, Cactus. Like, that's the vibe I'm getting from this. Is is, is It's very, uh, you know, l- loosely based on, on true events, but definitely not of this reality. Um, yeah, very heightened, I think kind of a movie. It looks like it'll be a bit of fun. Um, a little quirky. Um, yeah. I wonder how seriously it's going to take itself because that I think will be the true test to see if it's going to actually be a decent watch. Um, cause I think I, if it takes itself too seriously, I think it might not be a great time, but I kind of get the vibe. It's going to be, yeah, quirky enough that it's, it's going to be enjoyable at least like they're going to be, they, they're going to be very self-aware. Um, Maybe, I think. I don't know. Plus, it's nice to see Owen Wilson, as always, you know. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of him. Um, yeah, I know. I'm not sure how this one's going to go, but I am very intrigued. I am very curious. Um, yeah, and I wonder what the estate of Bob Ross thinks about this movie. Because obviously they would have had to give their permission, I think. No, Maybe. really. Because <laughs> yeah, does this fall, kind of fall under parody sort of... I reckon lawyers had a very keen eye on it. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's that makes sense. Um, cool. Fulia, um what did you uh get out of out of this little teaser trailer for paint? I was convinced that this was going to be a Bob Ross picture. (laughs) And but then I was thinking to myself, but he doesn't really you know, at face value, he doesn't look like Bob Ross. And then I looked up the actual... and But they were calling him Carl, and I'm like, wait, yeah. what? Uh, so I was confused, and then I looked up on IMDb, and it said that it was a Carl um, Nagel movie, and I'm like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Carl. Carl. <laughs> but... It just, it confused me a little bit because it's, it was, the story kind of looks like they're talking about Bob Ross and the character is supposed to sort of be similar to him and the fact that it's all about painting and the fact that he's doing the painting on a TV show and, and then they turn around and, and I find out that it's not a Bob Ross movie. I'm like, what? (laughs) Someone please explain. Uh, <laughs> I'm look honestly. I'm I'm on the fence about this one. I'm not sure whether or not I want to watch it. Um, right. I think it's mostly because of the fact that and nothing against Owen Wilson. He is a great actor and he's like I love the stuff he's done in the past. I'm just not sure he's fit for this particular role. <laughs> <laughs> In the in in this sense, I'm I don't know whether that whether it is more akin to like a 
mockumentary about his life, but I don't know that it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love the idea of, you know, showing the life of what, uh, the life of Bob Ross and how he lived and how he became this really iconic artist, um, that everybody still to this day will actually watch and paint along, which is insane that you can still pick up the skills just by watching his videos. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. I, I'm just on the fence about whether or not I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. No, cool. That's, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Mike, what did you think? Um, yeah, same. Thought it was Bob Ross, not Bob Ross. Uh, but a very good likeness, though. And, yeah, it looks like... Uh, it sort of reminded me of Ron Burgundy for some reason. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And then I looked it up. Another screenplay that was on the blacklist... What? What? Anchorman. Th- this this um screenplay. Oh, this one. Yeah. Paint was. Oh wow. So, okay. So there you go. In a row, two blacklisted. Uh, yeah, in the production and Wikipedia, uh, in two thousand and ten, uh, the screen screenplay Paint, wow. uh, written by Britt uh, McAdams, who's also writer and director of this film. Uh, mm-hmm. was featured on the blacklist of that year's most liked unproduced screenplay. Mm-hmm. Considering it's very much Bob Ross without being Bob Ross. So, another movie that looks very interesting of trying to co- do the coattails of... It's not really, it's just a character kind of like, but with the same aesthetics and the same mm. <laughs> the same scenarios of, of what he's been doing, but with a different take of uh, another younger person going into the fray and being more popular and the fall of Carl. 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 <laughs> so yeah, and I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like Owen Wilson with the sort of monotone so, sort of thing. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't do a wow, wow. So yeah, it looks very interesting. And yeah, I'm sort of on the boat if I want to watch this or not because mm-hmm. it looks it. The thing behind it is interesting, but the execution, uh, I don't know. So when am I don't know watching this, Kendall? Hmm. Well, again, uh, no Australian release date as of yet, but it's going to be out in uh, the US on the 7th of April. So you can get ar- you can get around it then. Yes. All right. That's our trailer park done. We're rolling on out. It's time for the moment, the segment, the section, the place, the part, the spot, the thing in the show we like to call. 
popcorn culture. Yes, it's popcorn culture time. And boy, do we have a good popcorn culture ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, because, damn. Uh, Bad Batch, season two, episode seven and eight. We got a surprise double episode this week. Thanks so much, Disney+. Plus. Um, see, I love Disney again. It didn't take long. Um, and, <laughs> uh, so we got episode seven, the clone, cons- the clone conspiracy, and we got episode eight, uh, truth and consequences, um, in which, oh my god, the plot, oh the plot, like just it thickens, just delicious. It thickens. It's great. I, I yeah, I can't, I can't say enough how much I loved these two episodes especially the first one Clone Conspiracy that was my favorite of the two um only because it was just really compelling story and it was very well paced even though it didn't have the Bad Batch in it like I thought to myself oh oh, I hope the Bad Batch isn't becoming the new Boba Fett where the you know the the two the two best episodes of the show don't technically have the batch in them um so yeah so but this was yeah this was fantastic i yeah i adored it so much it was just it was really great it was great to see bail organa again um it was it was great to see rex again um and yeah just kind of going into some really cool world building uh at this time of you know the empire and like connecting what what Rampart's doing to the bigger picture and 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 all of this all of this stuff it was just fantastic it was it was really well done and this um, Senator Chuchi is my the new MVP um, of of Star Wars for me she was brilliant and I found out after I watched that she's actually uh, like she was in the Clone Wars series um, that I haven't uh, episodes I haven't seen yet so that was cool. Um, but episode eight, and we'll get to the ending when we get to it, but just to say up top, Ian McDiarmid, like, the just voice. coming in. Oh, coming in, slaying, crushing, just, that was, I literally, I was sitting back on the couch when that scene was unfolding. I was sitting back like this and just like, oh yeah, this is, this is good. And then, you know, the alarms went off and he rises up through the floor and then I'm just like oh what's going on and then I nearly I I was like this is fucking incredible I nearly started tearing up because I was like this is like what he's literally making Rampart the scapegoat and t- turn turning the narrative against the I mean it was just mwah, poetic cinema mm, Jeff's kiss the whole nine yards I mean yeah it was fantastic so I fucking love these two episodes they're brilliant more of this as I keep saying every week, please. Um, but it makes it makes worth it worth sitting through the episodes I don't enjoy as much. They're still good episodes, um, but I don't enjoy them as much as these really plot-heavy ones that they're doing really well um, so far. So, yeah. So those are my initial feelings on these two. Fulia? <laughs> um, yes. Um, how, how did you feel about these two? Uh, I, I really enjoyed them. Like, I was really paying close attention to what was happening. Um, the mm-hmm. first one obviously was just all about um, the, what was, ha- what's been happening in the Senate. We're getting very political now about what's yeah. happened in, you know, 
in Chorus. Was it Chorus? No, not Chorus one. Uh, Cor- in, 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 oh, I forgot the planet's name. Uh, Which planet? Because the episode take, pretty much takes place on Coruscant. Yes. So no. Are you talking about? Are you talking about Camino? Camino. Camino. Yeah. The like the devastation right. that happened in Camino. Like everything yes. started to unravel itself. The 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 clones that were there are getting sniped off, and um, yeah, they they don't want any evidence showing that anything happened over there. Uh, nope. And the and you know. Um, Admiral, um, what's his face? Uh, Rampart. Rampart. <laughs> Admiral Rampart is just trying to find whatever cover he can that doesn't go back to him. Um, and it was just, it was really heavy on the politics sides of things of, you know, trying to hide, um, the truth essentially. And mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed that because it was a way to get into the actual episode to then find out later on um, in the in episode eight that it gets revealed um, mm. and that, you know, the trust goes out the window. Uh, so there was a there was a lot going on in these two episodes and it really had me just sitting on the edge of my seat, essentially, um, trying to figure out what else is going to happen, what's going to come next. Uh, it just, it's a, it was really good. Very meaty. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I'm yeah pretty, and I'm pretty sure uh, Michael uh, was definitely interested in the whole side of this because... It's mostly the political side of this. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like political stuff in Star Wars, then you don't really like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah, well, Mike, what um, what did you what did you think of these overall your overall thoughts on on these two episodes? Um, it was definitely a good choice of actually releasing both of these at the same time. I mean, mm. if you're watching the fir- uh, the first one, uh, it's fine that it was probably by itself. You could sort of see where it was going, and but having like episode eight join into the fray is like yes, that's good. Yes, we understand it now, and yeah, it's if you don't like your political stuff in Star Wars, well, I'm sorry, but this is a political show. It's it's all about war and. You got to keep you got to keep the masses like scared of something, in order to keep power, and that's in real life as well, and it just makes a whole lot of sense of actually having Palpatine actually use uh, a puppet within uh, within like his own ranks, just uh, because that's what that's what like that's what people do. They they. If they they use you and they spit you out, it doesn't really matter as long as there's still things going on, and you can definitely see them sort of uh, making the excuse of actually uh, taking out all the clones because clones are very expensive and they got another thing to pay for, mm. like a Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. So I definitely enjoyed the. Uh, the the two going, uh, the two episodes. 
Mm. Yeah, they were they were really 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 good. Um, yeah. Well, we'll we'll just kind of try and speed run some of this because um, Foy has to leave soon. Um, it's all right. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I yeah again the first episode Clone Conspiracy was was really really good and and really felt. Like, it reminded me of the beginning of Attack of the Clones, like how we're just in in the depths of Coruscant, like seeing what, like what kind of, you know, what the, the nightlife is like. And, and, and then again, you have a, you know, you know, someone being cha- chased by an assassin uh, or a bounty hunter in case of Attack of the Clones. Um, so that kind of, I kind of enjoyed that little sort of parallel, but, um, but it was really... Like there's a lot of dark stuff in this mm. this episode. Um, just in terms of like you know these two these two clones are like now we got to do something. We can't you know we can't let Rampart get away with ha- what happened on Camino and um, and everything. And you know of course they both end up losing their lives for it. But um, but yeah, I I didn't. Okay, I thought that the sniper was Crosshair. Did you guys also think that? No. No? Only okay. because when I saw the silhouette, it did not look like him. That's fair. Yeah, he was more chunky. Yeah. But I can understand mm. the sort of... Um, it My probably, th- Go on. Yeah, it probably is like a red herring. Like, people are like, oh, someone's good at shooting. and But what's with the, the, the voice modulator? Hmm. Yeah, I, well, just on the voice modulator, I was going to say, my theory before I realised, like, we realised that it wasn't Crosshair, I was like, well, obviously, if they're sending a clone to kill other clones, they're not going to want the clones to know that it's a clone. That's kind of what the weird logic I took from it anyway. um, My thought was Um, it was a bounty hunter. I did not think it mm. was going to be a clone. Yeah, okay. That's, that's, That's fair. That's fair. If you didn't, yeah. If your your brain didn't like like me and go, oh shit, it's um, crosshair. Because just because I remembered from episode two or sorry, episode three, when you know he was kind of in Rampart's pocket a bit, but s- sort of not at the same time. Um, yeah, I just kind of figured, oh, this is that kind of thread continuing. Mm. But then it Def- then then it wasn't. Definitely feels like it's uh, leaning towards that way. Like may maybe. Mm. Like I'm not sure if. By the end of the eighth episode, that Rampart's actually gone. Well, he could be gone now. Oh, yeah, wait. Oh, uh, yeah, eight, eight episode. Yeah, wait, we're up there. The eight episode is the next episode. Anyway, sorry, go on. I- ignore all of what I just said. That's all right. Um, yeah, like... Yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking what Crosshair is doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I was, I, again, why I was expecting it to be him, because, yeah, it just feels like, you know, he's so, you know, the whole good soldiers follow orders thing. Like, he's still kind of in that mindset. Mm. Um, so I was I was expecting him to kind of play a part in this. But I think the story works perfectly fine without him anyway. Like, we didn't need him in this. Um, but it would have been interesting to add that dynamic. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I I get a nice feeling every time I see the um, the Senate, the room. You know, it just takes me back to my childhood. Um, so it was nice to see that again. And uh, yeah, and so basically, like the overall 
plot of this episode is, is Rampart's trying to get this um, defense recruitment bill in because he, you know, he wants to phase out the, the clone troopers. Or we, you know, we know, of course, and he's been, you know, covering everything up um, to try and make it happen. And, uh, and yeah, and then I just really loved this, yeah, this Senator Chuchi, how she just kind of comes in and decides I'm going to be like, she has no inkling of what's really going on, but she just decides that she wants to be a voice for the clones, which I think is really, really nice. Mm. Um, Fulia, what did you think of, of her and her like very, I guess, altruistic kind of nature? Um, that was nice. Uh, yeah, no, she was actually um, a really nice character. Uh, and the fact, especially the fact that she just, she really wanted to represent the clones because they don't get to have a say in anything. They're not represented in the Senate. And so she was like, well, if no one else is going to speak on their behalf, then I'm going to do it for them. And I really, I really like that because, you know, it's, it's really kind of heartbreaking to, to find out that the, the clones don't actually have a say in anything they just they just follow the orders that they're given um and that's it like they they're not allowed to they're not allowed to have an opinion by the sounds of things Mm. and so Mm -hmm. um senator uh tucci i think i i heard it as chuchi yeah chuchi uh it's like church it's like church with an i so it's churchy but chuchi chuchi ah chuchi because uh, yes. I watch things with subtitles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, she was a really interesting... She was a very interesting character, and I really liked her. Um, mm. So uh, it's just... I love I loved that she was the one who wanted to represent these clones. Um, mm. And, yeah, just... It was nice that, but the other thing was that she also had to gain their trust um, in the first episode in order to help them because being a politician, everybody doesn't, no one really trusts you because they don't know whether you're doing it to, whether they're doing it to gain something out of it or whether they're actually being truthful. So... Mm-hmm. Doing it for nefarious reasons. Yeah, exactly. So um, it was nice to see that she also wanted to prove herself to them um, in order to speak on behalf of them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. Mike, did you have have any thoughts on on Senator Chuchi and how she was kind of leading leading the charge yeah, in this one? I liked her. Um, because it does reflect on real life, where uh, the way you, uh, the way we um, uh, treat our our veterans and, and all mm. that, which is great, and also the added bonus of uh, what what are the rights for clones anyway? I mean, they they were built for war. Are they a necessity, or are they or are they living, breathing people that have a uh, a high age uh, grow- growing thing. So, do we need to look after them? No. Uh, according to the to the um, empire, it's like well, they're essentially um, a commodity, not not an actual living thing. So, and you get to see that in Star Wars as well when it deals with um, clones or with 
with droids. Are they are they really are they real? Do they need rights or anything like that? So yeah, I kind of mm. like them actually pushing forward this sort of, sort of message. It's like, well, they are alive. They have feelings. They they are legitimately like alive, and and now they they have become the scapegoat that they are. Of yes, they follow orders, and and they essentially have no real uh, say in the matter because they all had the inhibitor chip to to follow that order so damned if they do and they're damned if they don't and yeah and you get to see that with in the obi-wan series where we actually see a clone basically begging on the streets so yeah 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 it's it's really, really fascinating stuff that they've been going into with this story. And this is um, a kid's show. I know. That's See, that's, again, it's like, do we think, just on that, do we think that it's a problem that this, that tonally this show is a bit up and down? Like, there are episodes that are more kid-friendly than others, like this one, which has a suicide at the end of it. Um, you know, like, I don't know, what do you, do you guys think it's, that is an issue or it doesn't bother you at all I think that it kind of I think we see a lot because we are adults <laughs> and we and we do do we do do analysis on media and that and we're children they they just want to be entertained and I think mm. there's always going to be like um uh war shows for kids that tackle on oh shoot shoot blow them up sort of thing but with a hidden me- meaning in it and when they when the kids watch it again with another uh, it's it's the re-watch value where you watch it mm. again as an adult and you see a lot oh okay i mean we we get to do that every now and again if, if we re-watch media like nowadays that was intended for kids and we can mm-hmm. actually see the, like hidden meetings and and ah, oh, we sort of get that reference now yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Fulia, before you have to run, um, is there anything else you wanted to to um, touch on before you bid us adieu? Um, I just wanted to say that um, the these two episodes combined together, um, if they hadn't have been, um, you know, given to us at the same time, I feel like waiting for the for the next episode just would have felt a bit jarring um especially because even though it gives us a bit of a cliffhanger um at the end of seven the fact that it had no um like the bad batch weren't in it so it Mm. would have been a bit sort of um weird to not have the next episode straight off the bat to be able to continue what's happening. Um, I will also say from episode eight, I really enjoyed seeing the batch uh, go in and try to um, get the evidence that they needed, um, even though it was very difficult for them because it was a high security area in in (laughs) Coruscant um, for them to get the evidence they were looking for. Um, but they did it very cleverly 
and it was absolutely amazing. And I'm sad we're not going to have Echo anymore. Well, yeah, he's yeah. Not yeah. It's, not, a little bit. Yeah. it's not for forever. Yes, the, that that is what he said. He said it's not for forever, but um, yeah, it's just uh, the the shock of not having Echo uh, continue on with the batch, saying that he's going yeah. to stay behind with Rex and help him. Um, it's also very noble of him to um, to do to, to do that because it's he's he's showing his loyalty towards his own clone brethren essentially that he wants to help them yeah um, and so uh, this whole the, the, these two episodes um, it kind of hit me that uh, the clones are being decommissioned and they're all wondering what's going to happen to them. Like what, what does that mean for them? Does that like, is that a, one of those, you know, giant unemployment things where you, it once, once you're out of the job, um, you don't, you know, you like, it, it sounds like that they're not going to get any kind of compensation, um, no. for once, once they're, once they have been decommissioned and then to find out that, um, there, you know, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Admiral was just like, well, we don't need them anymore, so we might as well kill them off. And I'm just like, wow, really? Like, they don't get a say in, in how they want to live the rest of their life? Do they, like, why not use the current clones so far as part of your army? Like, I, I just don't understand. And the, the whole idea of, create, like, causing this mass destruction in Camino to, 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 to make it as if, um, this natural disaster happened. And so that was their way of saying, well, we're not going to continue with clones anymore. Um, it just, it really, it really hits you as, as to mm. how, how political it's getting. And, <laughs> and I, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you love it. I like like Michael. I should love it, but I hate it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I like my wall and that war analogies without the peskiness of yeah. realism. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, just overall, like these two episodes together, it really hit me that you know the clones are just. No, it's, it's as if nobody cares about them and I'm so sad about that because I really like the clones the clones are really awesome mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's just a bit, it's just quite funny to me as well that um, you know Palpatine made such a push uh, for the clone army to like you know to continue on I think um, I mean I yeah so that like that whole I suppose maybe they just, you know, they were a means to an end for him and he's just like, you know, well, like you said before, Mike, you know, they need they need to redirect their funds um, into more important things um, that they might be working on. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's all very fascinating, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. OK, I have to head off. I'm sorry I couldn't stay for the rest, but I hope you enjoy the rest of the show, everyone. Bye. Yes. That's we right. will. Bye, Fulia. Kick ass. Checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. See you.
Nice. Now I just want to talk about the ending now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, episode seven. Yeah. Uh, Senator Chuchi is really just going through, weaving through uh, things. And I, I also like the fact that she's she doesn't ever seem afraid. Like, surely she knows the, the route she's going down could lead to her death. Mm. Um, like, she doesn't seem like she's that naive. Um, but she doesn't show any fear either. Uh, like, especially when, you know, she goes to meet up with um, uh, Bail Organa and, and her bodyguards are all like, uh, yeah, nah, this isn't, this isn't cool. But she's like, no, 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 just stay here. It's fine. It's all good. I'll go do the thing. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Plus, it was really nice to see, you know, like similar to how we saw um, Mon Mothma and Andor, Bail Organa as well playing both sides mm. um, still, you know, because he's obviously trying to get the rebellion going this early at this point um, with all of these insurgencies they keep talking about rising up. Um, and, yeah, it was nice that we have this kind of, you know, little meeting between the two of them um, in, in Episode 7. Like, it's, yeah, you know, we get another one in Episode 8. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I liked I liked that. Uh, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, Mike, did you have any any thoughts on on how they they weaved Senator Organa into this story too? Uh, I think pretty cool. Uh, just to mm. make make us OGs like saying, "Hey, here we go." As I so yeah. so there's a bit of more of a connection to it, and then and then having Palpatine at the end is like, "Ah, oh, cherry on top," and oh yeah, of, of the connections. And yeah, the first time I saw um, uh, Senator Tucci, um, she looks a lot like um, Omega, and I was thinking, what's going, what's going on there? Because <clears throat> I don't know, it just popped in my head. It's like, hmm, maybe she has more of a story. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And then I suppose there was the fact that she had the. She also had the Kiwi accent going on. Yeah. As well. I was going, hmm, what's going on here? <laughs> what's going on here? I see That's patterns and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So after after that meeting, we get um, a really great sequence where they're being chased by um, this sniper that I thought was Crosshair. Um, but um, yeah, and I, I kind of liked how that, whole sequence played out i mean r.i.p to her bodyguards but um but yeah i was it was it was done really really well yeah it was done really really well and the the uh the score behind it was excellent i mean this the score through this episode was was and the next one was just yeah phenomenal still um really really great stuff um and yeah and then we get the the reveal of of captain rex returning um to save the day so that was that was nice. I didn't know who it was going to be under there. I had a feeling it was going to be Rex because I'm like, no, I don't think it's one of the batch. Uh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that vibe. But I also just was like, mm, I wonder. Hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. So Rex Rex saves her from from the um, yeah the clone sniper, and, and then we get that really brief but intense scene of uh, you know Rex trying to interrogate him and and. The, the, the trooper basically 
being all cyanide-pilled. Really, yeah, devout to the end. And the last words he says is, I'm a believer. And then he, you know, cr- you know, yeah, Star Wars cyanide-pilled. Hmm. Um, Believe in what? Believe in what? Oh, God. Yeah, that was, that was, that was dark as fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Um, yeah, what did you think of this whole like sequence like the kind of you know the way the episode sort of came to a close yeah i kind of liked it it's um it's all leading towards something far greater than uh we can expect and having rex back is is always good and yeah yeah and just and just the sniper himself of a clone that doesn't have any markings is like like yeah so and a lot of theories is, uh, does that mean there's like a secret troop of clones that that do the bidding of the empire to the nth degree? Of mm, so it's another, and that's what the conspiracy is, maybe <laughs> as mm-hmm. well. Uh, there's a there's a there's a death squadron of, of clones that were bred for a particular purpose of not being and uh, not representing as clones, but just to do the bidding of, of everything. And it's all to do with uh, the same thing of necessity. Are they, um, they're, they're only there for one particular purpose, but what about like uh, free will or anything like that? So it's just adding on to, more of the fact that these clones are getting a raw deal and uh, mm. it's it's hasn't stopped yet hasn't stopped yet no no yeah that was a re- really interesting point that i liked that um tech mentioned when in at the start of episode 8 when he's like he has no identifying anything um like the 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 code um or whatever he talks about mm. um i think i wrote it down but i can't find it um, but yeah, the fact that, yeah, it's very, um, very interesting, very intriguing. And I do like that theory too of, uh, yeah, there's something else at work here. Um, something bigger than, than we, than we know about, you know, what certain clones, cause it makes perfectly sense that they would have a separate covert, uh, group of clones, um, that can just, you know, sneak in and out undetected and do you know, I, I, I right there like full control, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, episode eight kicks off with, you know, we got the batch and, uh, Echo and Omega have a really nice conversation where, you know, he's talking about how he feels like, you know, he belongs with, you know, with, with, with Clone Force 99 and, and all of that. Um, so that was I really like that little moment, and then of course Rex Rex phones in and says I need your help uh, to save uh, you know Chuchi and try and bring down Rampart and prevent this bill from going through if possible. Um, so yeah, so this is yeah, and again this episode another another really good one, fast paced in terms of uh, in terms of that uh, you know storytelling, and then we get some really good action later on as well. Um, yeah. Um, what was I gonna? Yeah. So basically, yeah. So basically, the the batch they get there, and then they they you know they have to go and uh, retrieve the evidence that they need that um, Chuchi needs to prove 
that Rampart has uh, covered up what happened on Camino, um, and yeah, and to bring him down. So um, yeah, I really liked how you know they kind of just you know broke in, and we got that reminder of the fact that Wrecker is afraid of heights. Mm. Um, <laughs> that was a nice little callback um, to Clone Wars season seven, um, and yeah, and then just the way they kind of you know they break in they get into the control room and then you know the the you know they got the door shut off and i'm like oh it's all very a new hope um sort of thing when you know luke and han are saving leia and trying to fend off guards and get out and all that stuff like it was it was nice i really i kind of like this whole sequence and you know and then tech of course getting to use his um piloting skills i suppose to fly out one of the escape uh escape drones uh at the end um i thought escape pods that was i thought that was really cool too so yeah it was yeah that whole thing it was nice um what did you think about seeing the batch in action in this episode mike yeah um just just like all the other episodes they just work well together and it's kind of good mm. that um they they haven't been sidelined like we we've seen throughout the uh, series so far was like they're just together they're they're one they're not just a one man wrecking crew they can they can just work well together and not to jump ahead but it's it's kind of interesting that you can succeed and fail at the same time it's a good it's a good sort of mantra it's like when you're up again mm. when you're up against something this big no matter what you can do it's just it's just interesting that you can you can fail and succeed at the same time and yeah yeah that's a really yeah it's a really good point i like that too cuz it's you know it it reminds us that you know as we're watching that there are you know some pretty intense stakes in this fight um you know it really helps to kind of sell the struggle of good versus evil um in the star wars universe mm. so yeah yeah, and, very very true. And also untapped like questions that people people have: when did they start going from clones to regular uh, stormtroopers? Well, we've got that, and also the what whatever happened in between the Clone Wars and and um, a New Hope. Well, Revenge of the Sith uh, to New Hope. It's like surely they couldn't have just sat on their laurels and then oh all of a sudden this this happened now it was a slowly gradual thing to to actually happen and i like the fact mm. that we're actually getting more stories like within that with with obi-wan and and bad batch mm. and andor and yeah and andor especially andor. to a degree i suppose yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a really fascinating time to explore um you know, the events between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope and, you know, the aftermath of Order 66. Like, I'm really glad that they have leaned into that quite a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. And also subtle um, setups in between uh, uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens as well. Just subtle mm-hmm. tweaks to add those sort of breadcrumbs. Of mm. of somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> yeah, I, I I yeah I I gotta yeah wow I gotta say it's nice that they're 
like Dave Filoni's trying really hard to kind of make that make sense, mm. I suppose. Um, yeah, so I I hope we get. I really hope we kind of get as the Bad Batch goes along, we get more payoff of that sort of retconning that they're doing to try and explain exactly how Palpatine returned. Like actually give it yeah some meaning and some depth and some sense. That would be. That would be great. Like, I've seen one uh, theory that, uh, like, the sniper clone that doesn't have any insignia um, was actually... would have been that that bunch of clones that would actually have, like, normal aging and they were sort of like the big uh, cathedral at the end of... Um, uh, uh, oh, what's the other one? Uh, Rise of Skywalker, where Rise, yeah, where yeah. they're in that cathedral. There's all these people in robes, and it's like, ah, oh, they're probably clones, and and you know he keeps on cloning them, and over and over, and then you get creepy ones that because when when you copy of a copy, it's never never the right one. No, yeah, I saw that theory too. I I thought that was interesting. Like, yeah, very yeah. interesting. Probably wrong. Mm. But nice to think <laughs> think of. Yeah, yeah. Again, just, a, I suppose, a way to make it make sense. Mm. Um, yes, try and put some logic back into that movie. Um, yeah, so meanwhile, while, you know, our Clone Force 99 are off doing their, you know, let's get the files mission, um, uh, Omega has stayed with um, Senator Chuchi, and I have a question for you, Mike. Because mm-hmm. we get this scene at the Senate where... Chuchi is walking with her, her, you know, newly appointed bodyguards um, and Omega. And Omega's not really disguised at all. She does have the advantage, of course, that she doesn't, ex- like, she doesn't look like the other clones because A, she's young and B, she's female. Um, and she has the blonde hair and all this. But my question for you is, has Rampart never seen Omega? Or does he not know of Omega's existence? Because he did, there was no, I was like, oh, should I be concerned here? And then nothing happened. Hmm. Because I, I don't remember if they ever crossed paths. I don't think so. Um, uh, otherwise, it's just, just would be blatantly, like, weird. Um, yeah. Probably not. And they, people know that the Bad Batch has probably gone down with, um, like uh, uh, from the ending of season one with Camino, and maybe they, mm. they were all gone, and they were traveling with. So it's I don't know. It's probably yeah. I don't know. Uh, I I think it wouldn't be blatantly obvious if if um, he did recognize her. But yeah, it's sort of putting caution to the wind of just walking around without a full-on disguise. Yeah. Like, no, even with your helmet, you know, that covers majority of her face. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Bad Batches, well, obviously, there's more, there's more, there's more of a connection to the actual clones because they sort of look similar. Uh, but, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I was kind of thinking, yeah, maybe this is not a good idea. But I don't know. Yeah, it well, didn't really affect me that much. 
Yeah, no. Like, I was just... I just thought it was interesting that they, you know... But I suppose it makes sense, with like, as it goes without saying that, yeah, with Camino destroyed, that um, anyone that knew of Omega's existence, um, even if they didn't know what she looked like, probably would have assumed that she would have been lost with the city. Mm. So... Um, so I suppose that's why there was no scene of like, oh, you need to disguise yourself sort of thing. Um, so yeah, but that's interesting. But I really liked the pairing of Omega with Chuchi. I thought that was, that was really nice. Um, and you know, to see, to, for Omega to get a really kind of powerful scene, like when, you know, um, they end up going to visit this, um, after they have their other visit with, um, Bail Organa, they have another meeting with him. Um, and he's like, okay, you need to, you need like getting the files is one thing, but you're, you're going to need to do a bit more, um, to, to bring Rampart down. So, you know, he recommends going to see Halle Bertoni, who is the Senator for Camino. Um, and they have this really fascinating scene that I really liked where, um, Bertoni doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) She's... She's either corrupted by the Empire, which is probably true, um, I, or she's just so apathetic to... Like, she's just accepted the fact that her people are dead, essentially, and she just, she's just she got nothing left. So she's like, yeah. I do, what the, do whatever the fuck you want. Um, but I do like how like Omega was the one that won her over in the end. Like, she gets this really heartfelt moment where she gets to say, you know, I'm a clone and we deserve to be treated better and this, you can't let this happen to us. You know, like Camino was our home as well. Like, and we've lost that. So, you know, you've, you've got to, you know, you've got to do something. So I just, the way she kind of got angry at her and emotional about it, I just thought was really effective and really powerful. Um, yeah. Did you enjoy that scene as well? I did. And yeah, she, uh, uh, the Camino Inn, uh, Senator, Senator of Camino, has mm. pretty much lost her home planet, and all the Caminos are, are outspread to different parts of the galaxy. And mm. yeah, and yeah, and the clones are even more so uh, misplaced. And and by the end of this episode, they're even more displaced. <laughs> Not getting the good break, yeah. are they? And no. and yeah, it's just heartfelt. It's like, well, you 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 still have people, and you still have a place within Coruscant, and mm. and I have nothing. And this is this is you 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 sort of have to help us because if it weren't for you guys, we wouldn't be here. So we are your children. Mm. Dot dot dot. Yeah. You are our... We are... You are our responsibility, or whatever it's... thing. Mm. Help us. Help us. (laughs) Lucy in the sky. Yeah. Yes. No, good. Good point. Girl said. Um, Yeah, so that's a really great scene. And then, you know kind of segue I suppose into um you know Chuchi finally like getting the ball rolling in terms of trying to bring Rampart down because uh basically um 
Senator Batoni says that, uh, yeah, there these funds, um, Senate appropriation funds, uh, they're called, um, they were uh, diverted, it turns out, by Rampart. Um, so it's money that was supposed to be used for, you know, something else. I can't remember what now, but it was, you know, money that went missing, essentially. And, you know, they're like, what the fuck? Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I This is my favorite part of the whole episode. It was a great scene and it was just, it was, you know, it was all political manipulation movement around of things and just, you know, um, us sitting there in the audience going, yes, Rampart's finally getting his comeuppance, you know? And I do like the fact that it's not just an easy win because, you know, it starts off all right, but then it also gets a bit rocky because some of the other senators are just like, nah, you, you, you need to get kicked out for trying to slander against this admiral. Like, what are you even talking about? You have no proof to back up your statements. Um, and then, of course, you know, the batch come through at the last second with their, the files that they got from the, the, the ship. Um, and that's when things, you know, really get going. Um, and I just, yeah, I just can't get over how good it was. Like, yeah, it was really well executed. The fact that they literally made us think that, yeah, we won. We've, we've, you know, we've, we're going to, this bill is not going to pass. They're not going to be, well, we know they're going to be stormtroopers, but like this bill isn't going to get passed. The clones are going to get looked after and it's all going to be hunky dory. And, and, you know, you believe that for half a second and then the sirens go off and then up comes Emperor Palpatine, who I actually, I watched a video that sort of recapped it. Um, and went over Easter eggs and stuff. And one of the things like they pointed out that I liked was like, cause you know, in episode seven, there's a specific point made of saying Palpatine, like the emperor, like he doesn't come to a lot of the, like he's missing, he's absent from a lot of these Senate, um, meetings. Uh, and I, I think that's really effective because it's like, it obviously is going to add a lot more weight when the emperor does show up. Like, you know, he's there for a reason um and it makes it that much more powerful and affecting and i thought that was really clever um because it, it works because you know he comes up and and I, i'm i'm wondering how is this gonna go down how is this gonna play out and then yeah and then <laughs> as uh the clones say after the fact you know, he was many steps ahead of them um and I suppose the only like the, the the really satisfying thing was seeing Rampart getting his comeuppance after all. But on top of just how good the um, the Emperor twist was, how he you know you know reframed the narrative to his advantage in such a clever way. I think my other favorite thing about it was the fact that as Rampart's being arrested, he's like, "I was following orders." Hmm. I was just like, "Oh, that's good writing." I like it. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, this whole sequence was just fucking amazing. It was so good. So well written. Um, and yeah, again, Ian McDiarmid was, yeah, always a pleasure to hear his iconic voice. Um, Michael, I really am keen for your thoughts on the the end, like the, cl- the climax, as it were, of this epic two-parter. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a sort of a, a mid-season 
uh, cliffhanger and, mm. and what a good mm-hmm. one it is. Uh, what they have in store for the remainder of the season is, is going to be pretty remarkable if they're, if they're knocking out some Palpatine. Um, yeah. It's, fa- it's, it's very good writing when you can... Mm, when you can manipulate your own audience of th- thinking, yeah, everything's going to be all right, and that, and then it's not, and just adding the fact that yeah, this makes sense within the whole of the Star Wars story. They need to get from A to B, and and this is how they would do it, of Palpatine actually being the ste- steps of head, uh, steps ahead of the rest of the narrative, and that's why he's. That's why he's the, the he's the emperor. He knows how he knows how to manip- manipulate, and he's got all these contingency plans like going ahead, and some that we know, and some that we don't know, and so and some that need to be established by by the end. And yeah, I really enjoy this, and it's such a good show. Mm, mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely is. Um, yeah. And then you know, we get a bit of sweet ending with the the clones uh, all being quite, you know, deflated by what's just taken place. Because you know, even though they succeeded, they st- still failed. Um, so it was, yeah, it was that was that was really kind of sad to see um, them so despondent, but obviously not giving up. Especially Chuchi, I'm really glad that she wasn't scared at all. Like mm. I said it before, but she's even after everything she went through, nearly dying. Um, and, you know, taking such a big risk like that in the Senate to be, to like, to call out, um, you know, an Imperial, uh, officer essentially that's, you know, well, supposedly well respected and whatnot. Um, the fact that she's still like promising Omega that she's going to fight for the clones, um, and she's going to make sure that they get justice and representation and all of that stuff. And I think it's really, really nice to see. And then, um, yeah. And then Echo sadly decides um you know decided off screen and told the batch off screen which i thought was usually i don't like story happening off screen in this way but i thought it was really nice just in the sense of like where omega as well yeah. like her she she's us like we're finding out at the same time and so her reaction is, is that much more um effective i think like how how upset she was over echo choosing to um you know leave them even if only for a little while um i also just want to say before i throw to you for your final thoughts um why like i mean apart from omega being young and whatnot what what's stopping the entirety of clone force 99 from joining rex and and taking up that fight um is it because they just don't really want to, you know, they haven't really gone into too much detail, I think, in their, as, as in their, like, motivations for what's happening. Um, but I feel like the vibe is they kind of want to stay out of it because they got out and now they're, you know, they don't want to be discovered because, you know, they're wanted and all this stuff. So, I don't know. What do you, what do you think the reason is they don't all just, you know, throw in with Rex and Echo and, and take up that fight? Hmm. Don't know. To tell you the truth, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. I think the fact that yeah, because they are uh, everyone thinks that that they're a blip and they don't know know they're still around. It's sort sort of a good means to 
have that same uh, uh, I don't know I think I think it's a good tool for Rex to actually know that they're they're around so just in case like mm-hmm. what happened at the start of see uh, episode eight where they need need some sort of help and I think that's yeah. more a commodity for Rex to actually have that instead of having like them there 24 7 and the risk of the of the empire finding out about them mm-hmm. so i don't know may, maybe it it is a good idea but i can't say if i if it's a good idea or not for my perspective but it's it's their yeah. decision i think yeah no that's true no that that kind of makes sense because yeah i suppose it's a good good asset for for rex and for you know any of the the clones or anyone else that is kind of you know working with the insurgents to kind of mm. over overthrow certain things that they have this option this outside sourcing that they can just go to to be like we need you to jump in and 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 whatnot um yeah i think yeah you're right that makes that does make sense in that in that way um but yeah what did you think about the the conclusion of the the episode yeah as i said said before it's a very good climax for mid-year mid-year run uh mid Mm. words mid uh season run and it's it's expanded upon for what the batch is going to do for the remainder and are they going to go back to sid we still got sid to worry about and 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 all that yeah yeah, she was. Yes, yeah, Sid was mentioned at the start of the episode. Um, Rekka specifically said that he was tired of waiting around for her. Um, so, what's she doing? Is there something she might be up to that has something to do with, uh, you know, uh, the events of the the episode faster, where we started to kind of mm. look at her in a different way, you know? Um, maybe. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't want them to do stuff that's maybe yeah yeah she's keeping them at arm's length so as to i guess protect them maybe maybe because she did say um uh she owes them one so maybe she's being a bit more careful with the jobs that she's putting down hmm yeah, that's true. But that's that's definitely a thing. But otherwise, we'll probably find out. We will, because we are now halfway through season two. We've got eight, eight episodes to go out of the, the entire 16. So, um, yes, I'm looking forward to the rest of it, um, especially if, yeah, if, if, if the show can be this good. Um, yeah, let's see how that how that carries over. Um, and what other kind of antics our batch get up to in the meantime. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I suppose you're all done as well. Yep, all done. All dusted. All done. Lovely. Bring on Wednesday. Yeah, bring it on. Can't wait. Can't wait to see how this continues. Um, cool. So those are our thoughts on The Bad Batch, Season 2, Episode 7 and 8, uh, The Clone Conspiracy and uh, Truth and Consequences. So hope you guys enjoyed listening and watching. Um, to that, um, but that brings us to the end of our show, does it not? Yes, bit of a long one. Yes, 
Bit of a long one. Sorry, folks. We had a lot, a lot, a lot to say about <laughs> a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of content. So, without any more ado, let's get out of here, shall we? Yeah. And, and that, that was a was podcast a podcast called called Fred. Fred. Yes. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Fred the Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head on over to youtube.com slash Productions. Or if you're watching on Twitch, you can follow us on the Twitch. Or, and remember to like the like the videos and also hit that bell icon for keeping us up keeping you updated with all the fred content yes do it all the things all the subscriptions all the follows all the likes all the shares everything do it i've been a kendall richardson and i've been a michael lister and not a fulia <laughs> not a fulia no but we and miss you we miss fulia yes yes we always miss fulia um You've you just, just experienced, experienced a, podcast a podcast called Fred. Fred. Adding more syllables yes. to experienced. Experienced. Oh. Yes. Remember to eat a beef. Yeah, Freddy lives. Loki dies. The doctor is in. And how bad is the bad batch if the bad batch is bad? <laughs> asking the real questions here yes thank you for listening and watching we appreciate you very much thank you look after yourself and your mental health yes see